106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Have hope, because the scandemic lies are falling apart. I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. Despite leaving many victims in its wake, COVID tyranny is hitting a wall of reality. The scaremongering is becoming more obvious because of evidence, logic, and the hypocrisy of medical tyrants. To empower your God-given liberties, I'm providing you answers to these questions. Is this a, quote, pandemic of the unvaccinated? Why are the vaccinated getting infected with mutations? Why don't the vaccines or masks prevent infection or transmission? Will the U.S. Supreme Court uphold medical freedom or religious freedom? Will the medical tyranny ever end? See the answers and more at SaveCalifornia.com. Championing your values in California. Just wanted to dive in quickly because there's a massive distraction at work. Boris Johnson and Partygate, 100 people in the back garden of number 10, the top level civil service. Let's enjoy the sunshine, bring your own booze at a time when the British people were being crucified harder than Jesus. The question people are asking is, who was there? Was he there? Was she there? Was Matt Hancock there, the wanker? Was Carrie there? What was she wearing? What shoes did she have on? Did she have any underwear on? Probably not. Was she pregnant? Undoubtedly. That's the wrong question. The question isn't who was there, as interesting as that might be. The question is, why is it that the people closest to the science or the truth, the people pushing fear, had no reason at all to be afraid for themselves? What did those people know that they didn't disclose to the rest of us? Good morning and welcome to NPR. A quick trigger warning. If you're a human with emotions, you may want to avoid this program. Today on the show, we talk about racism again. We interview Robin D'Angelo, a white woman who makes $50,000 a pop telling massive corporations over Zoom that their white employees are <laughs> We then ask you, the listener, are you racist? If you say yes, you obviously are. If you say no, you're in denial, which means you obviously are. You then get even more defensive because you truly claim to not be racist so that when we accuse you of being racist over and over, that's really annoying and kind of crazy. But the more defensive you get, the more we call you racist. The more we call you racist, the more defensive you get. Until you're so infuriated from being called racist based on just the color of your skin, which is actually the definition of racism, that believe it or not, you may over time become a little racist making us right all along. And just a reminder, this is a publicly funded show, so all of you racists are actually paying for it. Coming up, should your animals be vaxxed and how does that relate to the patriarchy? We'll be right back. I'm going to show you another video. Coronavirus, 229E. Let me show you. Common cold and should not be confused with coronavirus, 2019. Hmm. Now let me show you this. Sick for a few days, and the place he works makes him go get a COVID test. Hey, fine, great. He calls me and says, hey, I tested positive for COVID. They're sending me home for about five to seven days. I'm like, okay, are you all right? He goes, yeah. He goes, they actually told me that it's a real mild case of COVID. I'm like, that's weird. Uh, so you have Omicron. He goes, no, they said it wasn't Omicron. I'm like, did they give you anything to, to, to keep? He goes, yeah. I said, send it to me. I want to see what this is. 
this is what they this is what he sent me so you look at everything that's not detected and you see the one thing that is detected coronavirus 229e now, i didn't know what that was so i looked it up coronavirus 229e is the cold my brother got sent home from work Okay, it l- sounds like and looks like all systems go over here. All the lights are on and, and uh, numbers are swirling by. So it looks like we're good to go. Thank you, Jesus. This is Lou Benninger at uh, No Hostages Radio. This is our 146th episode, and this will play beginning uh, on January 15. That's a Saturday morning. 2022 uh and we'll be hanging out thereafter so um welcome however you got to us that could be through your local podcast source or through our website at nohostageradio.com where all the episodes are easily obtainable as well as some articles uh if you may be aware of this or not if you're new is this your first one uh we'll do six segments here of about 20 minutes of talk each with broken up by some clips maybe six minutes of clips and uh they are all relevant to what's going on today and they are said or delivered by people that are smarter than i am that's why i like to play them so let me give you some ways to connect with me uh you can reach me uh, through email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. So that's our website, nohostagesradio.com. All you have to do is add L-O-U at sign at nohostagesradio.com. That email will get to me. I look at it several times a week. I just uh, use that for broadcasting uh, on live radio at KMYC and also on the podcast. So feel free to use that. Also, uh, my cell phone number, uh, I give to uh, a number of uh, groups for various reasons. Uh, but for this group, it's uh, anybody can, re- can really have it. But uh, for your purposes, if you want to text me, uh, you can 530-713-1838. Again, 530-713-1838. You can text or call. Uh, please leave a message if you call, and uh, I surely will call you back regardless of uh, what the tone of the message is, no worries. So if you, if it drives you up the wall so bad on the podcast, certainly there's so many other options out there to listen to. Uh, I would not let, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to shorten your life over a podcast. So, um, if you want to listen to live me live, you can go to, uh, on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning, left coast time, from 10 to 1, I'm on KMYC, and the easiest way to get to me there, if you're out of state or, you know, not within our counties of Yuba Sutter, Northern California, where, where the radio station is located, it's an AM, AM, FM station, you can go to this website called live365.com, live365.com, and just, it's a website that hosts different media uh, uh 
media types. And so you can click on radio and then put the word K or the letters K M Y C in, and it should come on there live stream or whatever's playing. So we're on from 10 to one over there. It's a three hour show that includes all the commercials and breaks and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, the podcast, I, I use some of the same material for both, but sometimes things develop between the time I'm recording this, which is Thursday night prior to the Saturday, uh, and I might throw something new in, or I might decide something else is more important for me to talk about on that day, et cetera, et cetera. You know how life is. I just, I, I'm not that, uh, I don't read a script. I just kind of talk about what's most important on, uh, to me or on my heart, as some people would use that term on my heart. So uh, let's see if I've left out anything. I don't think so. Last week, if you listened, I was hacking and coughing all the way through. My my apologies. Uh, every once in a while, I'll pick up a cold. <clears throat> Back in the old days, you know, you could just have a cold, have the flu. You didn't have to get tested. You didn't have to get on TV. You didn't have to tell everybody about it on Facebook. You didn't have to go on YouTube. You just simply took care of yourself, took a little downtime, and... Uh, and that was it. Now, because we're in the midst of a medical dictatorship takeover, uh, used used to be a takeover and create a totalitarian country out of the United States, now they're wanting to monitor every little time we sneeze or cough. We have to get turned in by the, uh, the Karens of the world, the COVID cops, right? So uh, tonight, just to to protect you, though, I got a couple masks on, and they did slip a condom over the microphone just so I protect you completely. And just, you know, I know it's not just about me. It's about you. So I've, multi, you know, I, I noticed the Austin school district, biggest school district in Austin, Texas, is double masking um, in resistance of Governor Abbott's declaration of knock off the mask. They're now saying up yours. Uh, we're going to double mask. So I'm double masking in the spirit of resistance, uh, and I've also put a condom over the mic. So we should have you, uh, you're not going to get any of the COVIDs, the COVID-295, the COVID-15, the 25, the 19, or the Omicron, or the Delta, or the Lou Special, or what I called what I had last week. I called it the Mack Truck 2022. So... You know, there was an organization at one time where, you know, when you're trying to figure out something to give someone for their birthday or some special gift, and you just think, man, they got everything. And uh, what do they really want or what, what would be cool? And so there was an organization that used to actually name a star after your uh, loved one, and they would, they would uh, put, uh, you know, describe the location of the star and and then get a certificate and uh, describe it on there and put your name on it, the person's name on it. You're going to name this, the star Super Duper or Susie Super Duper or whatever. And uh, I was wondering if we could just start doing that with all the COVID derivations since we're going to have a few a year because now we just can't simply live society, live our lives and have the sniffles or have a cough or get the runs or get whatever we're going to get, a bad stomach, or whatever, we got to actually report that to the local commissar, uh, the local medical czar, the local medical uh, hit person, and have the government come in and spray our house, and x-ray our house, and check our kids, and maybe think about taking our kids away for a week, right? 
And so it's just uh, it's nonsense. But uh, that's where we are. And I thought maybe we could, uh, you know, I could uh, I could take, you know, some sort of donations or something. And I could name uh, suggest to the government to name a virus after you. How would you like to have a virus named after you? That'd be something, wouldn't it? So um, so that's that. So my my cold, as I call it, although I called I named it because everybody else is naming everything now. I named it Mack truck because I, f- I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I couldn't remember getting hit by a Mack truck, but I felt like some, a Mack truck had run over me. So I called it Mack truck 2022, but it, it worked out just the same as all my little colds that I've had all the years that I can remember. It started with a little scratchy throat and then I got a little bit of runny nose and then, then the aches happened and then I ha- had some chills and then I got a little cough, and I had a lot of mucus, right? And I had to get the mucus out. And I just worked at it and took a lot of supplements. And just, you know, after living to almost 100, I've learned some techniques on how to take care of myself, even though it doesn't feel good, right? So now we're not allowed to not feel good without reporting ourselves to the local health officer. You know, she's kind of made a a job for herself because now she's making like $300,000 a year, doesn't have to work here, doesn't have to come here, has a bodyguard because she she com- complained that she thought I was going to kill her. And so um, now it's like she's treated like a celebrity. The only, I think, I don't know what she drives or she's brought to town and maybe they bring her in one of those stretch limos now where she can just kind of do business, uh, you, you know, right in the back of the car, have an office in the car. And uh, just kind of move around. Or maybe she's lives in, you know, has her office in the stretch limo. This I'm talking about a woman named Dr. Fong Joseph Mengele Lu. She's the doctor of death for you in Sutter Counties, making sure uh, that Adventist Hospital makes $100,000 per COVID patients. And, um, and also the coroner gets a spiff if one dies. Isn't that amazing? You get a spiff if a coroner patient dies. It, it's like... This is beyond. I should continue. So anyway, uh, uh, maybe uh, because it's so dangerous to be a health officer anymore and kill people uh, and ruin people's lives and ruin people's businesses is so dangerous that now they should eliminate their offices and just have a mobile office like in a military you don't want to endanger a military leader with everybody knowing where he is. You just keep them on the move. They're mobile a mobile office all the time. So that's just a suggestion to you, Besutter supervisors to create for her a mobile office that, that you would be disguised and, uh, but she can move around and also have, uh, you know how, when the, the entourage comes in, when the a Senator or a president comes in and they have cars leading and they have cars following and they have motorcycles on each side. Maybe we could do that as well and uh, charge that to the taxpayer as well. So it's the only thing that I've known of where you have a person that's actually ending people's lives. You know, remember uh, Dr. Kervorkian? Did we call him a doctor of death? I mean, he was involved in helping people suicide. And and we put him in prison. You remember that? Put him in prison, and uh, he finally came to pass. But he was helping all kinds of people come to pass. And their life got so miserable, supposedly, they didn't want to live any longer, and they wanted to be put out of their misery. Uh, 
So the people that are dying today don't want to be put out of their misery. They want to live. But the federal government has told local doctors they cannot save people's lives. And you have to take them over and put them on remdesivir. And if you put them on remdesivir and put them on a vent, which kills people when they get COVID real bad, then uh, you then the hospital gets a bonus. I don't know whether doctors get a bonus or not. But if you're giving people ivermectin at the local, in California, if you're giving ivermectin at the local doctor's office, or you're giving hydroxychloroquine or bedesonide, or you're giving lots of vitamins and stuff, or preemptively treating them so they don't get bad enough to go to the hospital, <coughs> then you're in trouble. That's malpractice. Saving people is malpractice. Killing people is the sweet spot of the United States government carried out by doctors of death in each county. In ours, we have Dr. Fong, Joseph Mengele Liu. If you don't know who Joseph Mengele is, let me spell it for you. It's M-E-N-G-E-L-E. And he was the doctor of death for the Nazi, the Nazi party and killed all these, uh, killed like 1,300 pairs of twins. How about that for a home run? Right, right. He listen. When Fauci came along, if if we we could resurrect Joseph from the dead, uh, Fauci would have uh, Joseph hold his coffee cup while uh, mingle while uh, Fauci could come up to to bat because Fauci is going to end up killing millions of people as these vaccines are kicking in and ruining immune systems. <clears throat> so let me press on here. I don't want to get caught in a in a, a turbulent a turbulent uh, deal that sucks me under today. I want to mention again that Peggy Hall, uh, Peggy Hall, the website is uh, thehealthyamerican.org, thehealthyamerican.org. And she caught my attention last week. And I want to remind you, because so many of you have been jerked around by your employees, employers, uh, and you have been fired you have been uh, put on administrative leave. All these things are illegal, uh, they, if, particularly if they don't have grounds for firing you. I'm not talking about firing if you've been, you know, jerking around or, you know, not doing your job. But I'm talking about regarding COVID, all of a sudden you either take the jab or you test, 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 or you do this, do that, but you've been a good employee. You have a right to sue for wrongful termination. And, uh, so all of you folks that work for government or work for private industry, if you've lost your job over that, get a hold of thehealthyamerican.org. And uh, they have a, a video on how to suffer uh, wrongful termination, how to suffer wrong, how to sue for wrongful, uh, wrongful termination for those who suffered wrongful termination. And she will help you. And she and her husband, David, will help you uh, get lined up. They have attorneys that are taking these cases now. That's one of the hard part is finding an attorney uh, that will take these cases. You do not want a local attorney. You, what you want is somebody outside the area to take these cases for you. And you may have lost your job and you may have taken up with another job, but you can still sue for wrongful de- termination and get hundreds of thousands and maybe more, more dollars than that. Certainly the school district, uh, law enforcement, fire, not locally here, law enforcement, fire, but in other areas, I have friends that have been fired from uh, f- the fire department in other other cities. Uh, in San Francisco specifically, they're firing firefighters, cutting them loose, putting them on administrative leave with no pay. That's firing. Um, so it's happening all over the United States. It doesn't medical, schools, all kinds of things. They're, the federal government's firing people. 
the military's firing people. How to sue for wrongful termination. Go to thehealthyamerican.org. Okay? The other thing I noticed today, which is great, <clears throat> there's all kinds of shakedown in the teaching profession. I'm thrilled. You know, the Bible says at the end times, everything will, that can be shaken will be shaken. And we're, we're having that happen right now. Everything, relationships are being shaken. Families are being shaken, split up one, one against another. I'm for the shot. I'm against the shot. Businesses are being shaken. Uh, people are being, uh, uh, shaken down over their rights. Everything is shaken. I go to my bank. It's just closed. They just close in the middle of the, the week. It's just incredible. So, uh, but this is about teachers and there's a great organization called wall builders, wall builders. And, uh, this is David Barton. These guys are aces at American history, pure, no baloney, no revisionist stuff. And uh, they have all kinds of resources and libraries of original documents from the founding fathers. These guys are amazing. And uh, I love their work. I love their website. And they put on a conference and every year. And this is called the Wall Builders 2022 Teachers Conference. And there's two sets of dates. If you can't get one, you can. they're going to do back-to-back uh, series of uh, conference dates. So we have June 27 through 29. And then they're going to start. They're going to take a day break. And they're going to do June 30 through July 2. Okay, June 27, 29. 8, 20, 27, 28, 29. Then June 30. And then July 1, 2. Okay? So I'm going to give you a website. You can get your pen. And they said, please don't make travel arrangements until you contact them, reserve a spot, settle it, make sure you got confirmation that you can attend, and then make your plane arrangements, okay? Because they don't want people to assume, oh, anybody can get in. No, anybody can't get in. They fill up. So uh, be serious about this. Now, I'm going to give you the website in just a minute. Let me tell you what it's about. The three-day conference is designed to equip teachers from public and private schools with principles and techniques that were used in early American education. I would love to go this. And for decades after, attendees will be inspired and equipped with information they can take back into the classroom. Attendees will also experience the Wall Builders collection firsthand. In other words, that's all their collections of like first school books we ever used. Uh, They got copies of the con- the old constitution also anyway david and tim barton i believe tim is david's son and uh they're going to give you a whole tour they're going to teach you and uh it says to learn more about the conference and to register please visit okay here we go you ready you spell out the word the two words together wall builders wall builders dot com backslash teachers backslash Okay, I'll say that once more. Wallbuilders.com backslash teachers backslash. And uh, I don't even know where this is, but my sense is they are back towards the east. (coughs) I can't remember where these guys are located. But um, they will tell you there. Now, here's a couple comments from folks that have taken it. This is from a Texas educator says, this was an amazing experience for me and will benefit my kids and so many others. I have already talked to so many people about my experience. Thrilling would not be an exaggeration to describe the days at Wall Builders. 
uh, Michigan educator. There is no better conference I've ever been to in my time as a teacher. I've never learned as much as I did in my time there. The Wall Builders Teachers Conference is hands down one of the best experiences of my life. And in an Arkansas educator, my favorite part is gathering all of the information to take back and make history come alive for my students and teachers. Isn't that awesome? It says uh, partner with Wall Builders. Okay. So um, I saw the, these are a few quotes. Oh, we're running out of time, but okay. I'm going to give you a couple quotes. Here's one. You wonder what the next Bitcoin, you know, you ever done Bitcoin? I, I don't have time to talk about it too much. I'm not an expert anyway, but it says the next Bitcoin, if you're wondering what the next something to transact with is unvaxxed sperm. So if you got any unvaxxed sperm, you might want to, because everybody's sperm's going to be vaxxed. So that's going to be a problem. And so everybody's going to be looking to get pregnant and get unvaxxed sperm. So if you got any unvaxxed sperm, make sure to hold on to it chill it or whatever you need to do with it you could probably look it up and find out the routine and and you'll be the next bitcoin of exchange where you can where you can uh, buy you might be able to buy some groceries with your unvaxxed sperm or maybe buy some tires for your car something like that we'll be right back we're going to do our second segment in just a minute The Great Reshit. That's where they take some old shit, dust it off, and repurpose it as new shit. Now, you may have heard of The Great Reset by one of its more familiar names, like Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, or my personal favorite, The New World Order. And don't be fooled by the term reset, because they don't plan on resetting anything. A reset is when your Super Mario game glitches, so you take out the cartridge, you blow in it, you stick it back in, and boom, up pops Mario again. This is kind of like that, except when you turn the game back on, instead of Mario on your screen, it's Bowser coming out of the TV to murder your grandma. We're talking about the complete transformation of humanity into a godless transhumanist nightmare from Orwellian hell. I want to direct your attention to the World Economic Forum who created this demonic plan, and more specifically to their chief, Klaus Schwab. Now, Mr. Schwab likes to throw around a lot of buzzwords to convince the masses that this agenda is for the betterment of humanity. Words like sustainability and inclusivity and equality for all. But in his 2016 book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, he's a lot more candid about the elitist plan for world domination. Let's skim through some excerpts from this literary masterpiece, shall we? The tools of the fourth industrial revolution enable new forms of surveillance and other means of control that run counter to healthy open societies. Oh, well, that sounds helpful. Public crime is likely to decrease due to the convergence of sensors, cameras, AI, and facial recognition software. These technologies can intrude into the hitherto private space of our minds reading our thoughts and influencing our behavior. Sounds a lot like mind control, but that's a conspiracy, so it can't be. As capabilities in this area improve, the temptation for law enforcement agencies and courts to use techniques to determine the likelihood of criminal activity, assess guilt, or even possibly retrieve memories directly from people's brains will increase. Even crossing a national border might one day involve a detailed brain scan to assess an individual's security risk. And last, but definitely not least, 
The future will challenge our understanding of what it means to be human from both a biological and a social standpoint. Better call up Sarah Connor. Now, unless you've been microdosing sedatives for the past eight months, I'm sure you've realized by now that the CV-19 pandemic was manufactured to kickstart this agenda. And if you haven't noticed, congratulations. There's a very good chance that you'll escape vaporization. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. But the invisible boogeyman narrative won't hold up forever, and the WEF is well aware of that. That's why they have a backup crisis to carry the agenda home. What crisis would that be? That's right, you guessed it, our good old friend, global warming. For those of you who don't know, global warming is a manufactured crisis created by the Club of Rome. A crisis think tank created in 1968 in order to convince the masses to agree to their own demise. So be prepared to hear about all the sacrifices you're gonna have to make in order to save the planet. Sacrifices like giving up your property rights, being forced into smart cities, and being injected with nanotechnology so they can track you down for thought crimes. Now why anyone in their right mind would think it's a good idea to to give the very elitists who destroyed the planet more power to now save the planet is beyond me, but hey, we're talking about the same species who eats Tide Pods and thinks polyester can protect you from a virus. Situation is this, if you have COVID and you end up in the hospital, you're put on a rigid protocol and there's high mortality rate in the hospital and your family is kept in the dark as to what's happening. So what's going on here? Number one, the CARES Act is providing bonus payments to hospitals whenever you have a diagnosis of COVID. And then number two, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services is waiving patient rights. This is a deadly combination. So here's what happens. You get a payment because you offer a free COVID test in the emergency room. You get a boost payment if you have a diagnosis of COVID. Number three, you get another bonus payment if you are admitted with COVID. Number four, you get another bonus payment if you're put on remdesivir. Number five, another bonus payment if you're put on a mechanical ventilator. Number six, another 20% bonus if the diagnosis on your death certificate says COVID, even though you may not have died from COVID. And then number seven, there's bonus payments to coroners. Do you understand the gravity of what's happening right now? The Biden administration is literally paying hospitals to kill you. That's what's happening. This is terrible. We need to stop that. These are real human lives we're talking about. They're priceless. It's estimated at about $100,000 per patient is what the hospital's getting. Think about that. <coughs> Warning, a cough has been detected. For your safety and the safety of others, authorities have been dispatched and will be arriving at your location shortly. You will be taken to the nearest quarantine facility, where you will be tested and monitored. Please remain at your location. Unauthorized movement is strongly prohibited. We're all in this together.
Okay, number two, this section number two. <clears throat> so I was talking to my friend Cheryl the other day by text. We really don't talk, we text. I forget why we even started talking. I don't think she was following up. She hadn't seen me for a while and was telling her I was having a Mack truck 2022. So she said, so she sent me this quote. And uh, I hadn't thought of this fellow for a long time, but Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson, he was a, a writer that was hanging around Haight-Ashbury back in the day, back in the 60s. He's born in 19, about 1939 or so. Anyway, he wrote for Rolling Stone magazine a lot and some you know avant-garde magazines, and, and uh, he ended up killing himself. Uh, uh, let's see, he was uh, 56, I think he was 67 years old or something like that. Very sad that he did that. Uh, he was a troubled guy in some ways, but a really brilliant writer. So he wrote this that I that Cheryl thought fit me, and I think it fits a lot of people, or should fit a lot of people. And when you think about how you're living your life and what you're living your life for, and and uh, you know just your perspective on life, and and uh, how you are you averse to risk or you a risk taker or whatever you are. So listen to this. This is from Hunter S. Thompson. He writes, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. All right. Let me give that to you once more. This is from Hunter S. Thompson. I love this quote. I'm, I, I, I like going to tattoo it on my chest. Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. You ever been on, on a... Uh, Oh, what do they call that when you go to the, like Disneyland or one of these places? You know, you do these you know roller coasters or stuff, and at the end you go, "Whoa!" Right? You're about ready to vomit. Come on, man, that's what this is talking about. And uh, then uh, he wrote a book on the Hell's Angels. He rode with the Hell's Angels for a while to learn about them to write a book, and he wrote a book on the Hell's Angels. And he wrote about the term "the edge." You ever like said, "Hey, man, he's really living on the edge," or like. He's about to go over the edge. <coughs> so Hunter Thompson says the edge. There's n there's no there's no honest way to explain it because the only people who really know where it is are the ones who have gone over. <laughs> and finally, this is the one that should we should all embrace this and memorize it tonight. You should all stop what you're doing tonight and memorize it. Raise your hands if you can do it. Yeah, I see those hands. Okay, he said, freedom is something that dies unless it's used. Let me say it again. Freedom is something that dies unless it's used. Most of you are trading in your freedom easily, right? You say, I don't need that, right? You ever had stuff around your house? You say, oh, you can have it. I don't, I don't need it anymore, right? Just give it away. Freedom is something that dies unless it's used. If you don't flex your freedom muscles, you lose them. You hear what I'm saying? So when you don't stand up, when people, when you don't resist and people want to step in your business and take over your property, that's your freedom. That's your area. That's your freedom to move around your liberty. They want to take some of your liberty. You need to resist. 
You remember it was Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. He said, you're going to have to kill me, dude. <clears throat> you're going to have to kill me before you, you take this from me. Do not surrender your freedom. Millions of, of uh, Americans have surrendered their freedom. Because of what? A lie called the common cold? It's going to come and get you? When, the, when we have top scientists saying that your 99.7 chance, I just listened to Zev Zelensky, uh, Vladimir, or nicknamed Zev. In fact, it's on this. It, it'll be playing later today on, on this clip, on this uh, show. Zev Zelensky said, if you do nothing with this illness, you'll have a 99.7% chance of survival unless you've got all kinds of other comorbidities or other issues you're packing. Right. Here's what Winston Churchill says. You know what I love about these people <clears throat> who either lived on the edge or life was edgy because they were in the midst of World War II and they were trying to lead people to freedom and resist a Nazi takeover. Right. And they're getting bombed every day. Come on. So Churchill says, if you will not fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed. Let me say that first line again. If you will not fight for right, when you can easily win without bloodshed. If you will not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly. Then you may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all the odds against you. And only a precarious chance of survival. There may even be a worse case. You may have to fight when there is no hope for victory because it is better to perish than to live as slaves. People, I'm telling you, <clears throat> I am not exaggerating. I am not freaked out. I have not gone over the edge. This is exactly what we're facing. You are going to be faced at some point with perishing rather than to live as slaves. And some of you would take slavery. I, we're, we're in the beginning struggle of this right now. Right now, it does not. No one is, is really lost. There may be a few. But in general, people are not shedding blood to stand up against this COVID overtake. They, you may have lost your business <clears throat> because you didn't stand up, but mostly you didn't shed any blood. And the victories, there are victories that are coming, but their victories are, could come a lot easier if more people would stand up. Most people are cooperating with evil. When you cooperate with evil, it just takes more. They, as soon as you think, well, if I'll just, it's just like giving in to a bully. When you give in to a bully, they are coming back for your lunch the next day as well. And then they'll want your allowance as well. You don't give in to a bully. You may, you may the first or second time, and then you finally just grab a baseball bat and you just pick it up and just lay him out and, and send him to Jesus and tell him he's coming, right? In my case, I just tell him I'll do the funeral for him for free. The odds against you may, it may come to a point where the odds against you and only a, you'll only have a precarious chance of survival. There may be even a worse case, Churchill said. You may have to fight when there is no hope of victory because it is better to perish than to live as slaves. I'm telling you that the <coughs> British people under Churchill 
He said, listen, yeah, it's bad. But if we all pull together and do, everybody do his part, we will win this. And it's the same thing right now. I don't know what the end of the world's going to look like. It's going to end. The Bible says that, and I believe it, and I've been reading a lot about it. Thinking about, okay, okay, what's this? What's going on? I've never seen. I've been living a long time now. I've been doing Jesus for almost 50 years. And I've never seen anything this bizarre, right? This, is a, this isn't just a physical takeover. <clears throat> this is a spiritual battle. This is a demonic force battle. You think the Bible says very clearly that we we fight not against flesh and blood. In other words, the ultimate instigator, the shot caller, if you want to use a prison term, a shot caller of this is a demonic force using human beings to they think they're under the influence of demons and they think they're going to get power and money out of it. They're going to lose in the end. But a lot of you are going to lose as well because you're giving in and going to become slaves. We are dealing with a spiritual warfare. The Bible says that, that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Many people in America are too lazy to look beneath the surface and see if what their leaders are telling them is true or not. They just want to write everybody off that's resistors as resistors and ne'er-do-wells and rebellious and conspiracy theorists and, 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 and. I'm sorry, you know, folks, you better, you better step back and take a breath and grab yourself by the, by the short hairs and get yourself in line here to figure this out. Particularly if you're leading a family and you've got children involved, it's, you've got big high stakes. I want to read you, uh, uh, I don't even know who wrote some of these things, but I, I want to try to get your attention on the rights in this country. There is no country on earth, and there never has been, that had as much freedom and as much prosperity as the United States of America. <clears throat> no people have turned from, most of our country was in poverty in the beginning. For, for 100 years, they were in poverty, the people in this country. And then when the, the capitalism came and the revolution came, we became the, the industrial might of the world. Amazing, from 13 little colonies. I want to talk about rights and your view as an individual and the state. It's, he says, this guy writes, it is hard and it is a hard and objective ground truth that only one may be paramount. In other words, one only one can be on top. You the individual or they the state. You need to choose. If you're confused about that, hopefully you won't be confused when I finish. If you allow your rights to be treated as anything other than inalienable and intrinsic. That means they come with the package. They are they were come from the manufacturer, not from state. They came from God. They came inalienable, intrinsic to you as a fundamental property of your personhood, and you no longer have rights at all. If that's if, if you allow your rights to be treated as anything other than that. 
You can't have in, you can't have middle ground. You either have your, all your rights or you gave them up. There are no exceptions and no special cases, no carve-outs, none. Allow even one of your rights to be tarnished or trampled on, and you are left with no rights. You think, oh, well, I, I don't really care about the Second Amendment because I'm not into guns. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you allow one right to be diminished, you are left with no rights, and they then call them privileges. You know what the difference between rights and privileges are? Privileges can be taken away by the state if they claim they have a good reason, like COVID. They took you, now you, they changed rights to privileges. Oh, you can now go to your relatives if there's just three relatives there and you wear a mask and you wash your hands while you're there. Oh, you can go, now you can go to the movies, uh, but only go if uh, you sit every 10th seat. On and on and on it goes, right? It's all privileges. Once you open the door, they will always find a reason that you can't exercise your rights. Rights place the individual above the state. Do you feel like your, your, your rights are above the state right now? I don't think you do. I don't think the state thinks my rights are above them. I'm talking about the state government. When I have to go over here and apply for a permit to have a concealed weapon, my, my rights aren't above the state. I'm asking permission of Wendell Anderson, where I live, Sheriff Wendell Anderson. I like Wendell. I think it's unconstitutional. I have to go over and ask permission of him for me to carry a gun conceal-wise, right? And I'm in the right. I know I am. Rights place the individual above the state. This is the essence of a republic and what separates it from brutal ravages of a tyranny of the majority. That's what makes America great and unique. <clears throat> Communists and socialists don't, don't want you to have that. If you, if you do not allow hate speech, listen to this now. I have said all along, the Ubisutter Arts Council over here, who is making you get a shot, making you wear a mask, making you show a PCR test, bending over and showing your rear end, and take an ID in there to show. I say they have a right to do that. I think they do. I don't agree with them, but they have a right in America. I'm into freedom. I don't think they have a right to take government funds. My problem is with the politicians that are giving them money to behave like that. But people that don't take government funds, if they want to do that, if they want to hate people, if they want to only let in blacks or only they want to let in Mexicans or uh, indigenous people, some people call them Indians, I'm all for that. That's our country. L listen to this. If you do not allow hate speech, you, you ever heard of a hate crime? I kill somebody, right? I think I've never killed anybody that I loved, right? There has to be, but now we have this special category if it's a hate crime. Listen to this. If you do not allow hate speech, you will have no right to speech yourself. You have to allow people far out speech. It's a freedom in this country. You don't have to do it. I hear people all the time dropping the F-bomb. 
it kind of gets on my nerves, even though I used to speak that way before I got, I got changed around. I used to have a real filthy mouth. And, and God reminds me sometimes when I hear people and they're F this and F this and that mf and this, that, and this, that. And, then, and he said, Lou, you were just like that, dude. Don't be, t- settle down. <laughs> Bite your tongue, settle down. If you do not, listen, this freedom is pretty cool, but you got to be able to hang with it. If you do not allow hate speech, you will have no right to speech yourself. If you are not a bodily integrity absolutist, you will have no bodily integrity. In other words, it's non-negotiable, baby. All your life will be a negotiation with the state about the terms of your indenture. Slaves had no rights. They only had, they had privileges and sometimes they could negotiate. You were a subject, not a citizen. Many of you under this COVID thing have, you have surrendered. You turned in your citizenship. You turned in your freedom to be a subject, to be a slave, to be a serf, to be a servant. This is why they come at you when you're frightened. This is why they seek to terrify you further. This is why the whole thing was people are full of fear. This is why they start small with provocative edge cases like me that demand that you defend rights being used in some unpopular fashion. They take exceptional cases and they try to take away their rights and then they come at yours. They want to drive a thin wedge. Once they do, they have you. The fight becomes when and how much this time, not if. You ever notice how radicals and liberals, they'll, they'll start some bill and there'll be such a f- crazy, in, uh, they, want, they want to take over 100 miles of rights. And you, you throw, then the, the conservatives throw a big fit and then they just take an inch. And then they do the same thing, take another inch, take another inch. Once they, once they drive in the wedge, they just keep taking a little bit more, a little bit more, and eventually you lose everything. You get to keep only the rights you will fight for. I'm telling you, I've been saying this for two years. You only get to keep the rights that you will stand up for. I told you, I've told people about the day I came and I had a, a big lady sitting on my front porch and told me to get off her property. I've been living here before she was born, I think. She was out of her mind. Yet her, she was being controlled by demons. And the fact is, they were challenging me. You're going to stand up for your rights for this property? If you will not fight, you're going to live in subjugation. And And just be always saying, Daddy, may I? Mama, may I? You need to find the strength to stand and to become ungovernable. Do you hear what I said? Oh, yeah, oh, that is a revolutionary. Listen to me. This is what our founders felt like. Find the strength. Go find it. If you got to fast and pray, if you got to go go for a 100-mile hike, go off in the wilderness, take LSD, I don't care what you got to do. Drink a fifth of bourbon, smoke weed. You better shake it up, baby. You either find the strength to stand and to become ungovernable. You don't need to be governed. You understand that? The people that are in the government were supposed to be 
We're governing them. We'll be right back. We got a third segment coming up here. Third of six. But there was something so special about that day. Even your emotions had an echo. There's so much space. Good news. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we've rolled back the ban on gain-of-function research. Really? So now it's legal for us to modify viruses and make them more deadly and transmissible to humans. Why would you want to do that? Well, it's important that we be prepared in case something like that happened in the future. In case somebody modifies a deadly virus to be more infectious and able to transmit to humans? Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, sounds dangerous. No, 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 it's fine. We're doing it at a level four weapons research lab in Wuhan, China. Very secure. Okay, good. Terrible news. Oh, no. There's been an outbreak of a mysterious new respiratory virus in Wuhan, China. Wuhan, China? Like, like where the research lab is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like right where the lab is. So do you think it could have come from the lab? But no, absolutely not. No. I'd see how you could make that mistake, but no, no, no. The virus, the deadly virus with the artificial furin cleavage sites that make it able to infect humans, that came from the farmer's market down the road from the uh, dangerous bioweapons lab. And you expect us to believe that? I'll ban you from the internet if you don't. Oh, God. No need to worry. The global medical establishment's always preparing for these types of things. In fact, like two months ago, they held a course called Event 201, where they basically predicted exactly what would happen, right down to the type of virus and where it came from. So, so they're like totally on top of this. Uh, actually, they're going to do nothing for months and let it spread all over the world. But it started in China, right? Like, can't we at least halt travel with them? I didn't realize you were a racist. Uh, what? Yeah, I didn't realize you had some deep, seething hatred of Asian people. In fact, I think it's despicable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm talking about the virus. Oh, the virus? Uh, it's here now. Uh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, it came on a plane from China. There's nothing we could do. Well, what do we know about the virus so far? Not a lot, but we're going to go ahead and assume that it's the deadliest thing in the world and everybody's scared. We're all scared. You didn't seem very worried about it when it was in China. Well, no, no, I was calling you a racist then. That's what was important. But now we're very scared of the virus. Everybody's scared. You're scared. Well, does it affect certain ages or populations or groups, anything like that? Yeah, actually, it's way deadlier to the elderly and the sick. Okay, well, why don't we start by protecting them? Uh, no, we're actually going to send COVID-infected patients into nursing homes instead. Jeez, well, okay, well, what are you doing to stop the spread? Uh, UV lights, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, where, should I wear a mask? We know that masks don't really stop you from getting this type of infection. The, the science is pretty much settled on this. Masks don't work. Okay, so no mask. Actually, they're mandatory, and also we're shutting down everything. Wait, what? Yeah, it's called lockdown. I'm basically declaring martial law and saying that you can't leave your house or gather in large groups. How do you think you're going to get people to go along with this? Well, it's only for two weeks. It's going to last forever, isn't it? Maybe. And you're shutting everything down? Everything? Every restaurant? Every store? Yep, absolutely everything. Everything's shut down. We're all in this together. So like, even like Walmart and Target? No, they can stay open. Okay, well, what about like McDonald's or Taco Bell? <laughs> Obviously, McDonald's and Taco Bell can stay open. Okay, so the big chain stores can stay open, but if a small business tries to stay open, we will send a tank and point a rifle in their face and maybe send them to jail. But it's only for two weeks or years or whatever. I mean, won't that crash the economy? Oh, yeah, 100%, for sure. Okay, but this stops the virus. It does not, no. Okay, uh, other than masks that don't work and lockdowns that don't work, is there anything else you suggest that we do? Oh, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm, I'm imposing plastic barriers and uh, social distancing as well. 
Okay, so those work. <laughs> no, of course not. It's ridiculous. Just think about it. But we do encourage contact tracing where you download our app to your phone and then use it to log everywhere you go and everything you do and everyone you interact with. It sounds like a precursor to vaccine passports. No way. That's crazy. Hey, by the way, we sent a uh, investigative team to figure out the origins of the virus. Oh, so you're investigating the lab? No. Uh, okay, well, who are you sending to investigate? The guy who runs the lab. Yeah, this sounds suspicious. It's not. I mean, the whole thing sounds sketchy. Nothing you're saying really makes any sense. And it seems like the same people imposing the masks and lockdowns are the same people that are benefiting from it. And it seems like it's going to have way worse long-term effects than the virus itself. I mean, all of this seems arbitrary and expensive. Well, it's only until we get the vaccine. And, and actually, it's going to be a wonderful, revolutionary new mRNA vaccine. So, you know, thank God we have Bill Gates helping us with this. Uh, Bill Gates, isn't he the one who thinks the most pressing issue the Earth faces is overpopulation and that the best way to reduce population is through vaccines? Uh, didn't he give a TED Talk to that effect? No, shut up. He loves you. I'm Morgan Wallace. I'm a 10-year employee of New Hanover County. I worked in the cardiovascular ICU for five years. I was your last line of defense with COVID. We ran your heart and lungs outside your body with your chest open while you were bleeding on the floor. And what I realized was that patients were needlessly dying because of government's withheld policies for treating COVID. Everyone who died with COVID should be considered murdered. Early treatment has always been affected. I walked out of the hospital on the mandate day. I have my own practice and I am the only person in town treating COVID patients prior to hospitalization. I also watched the entire staff at the hospital, including in my unit, get vaccinated and then get COVID, amongst all kinds of other ailments. You have now loaded your body with millions of spike proteins, and you are a ticking time bomb for cancer, blood clots, and whatever kind of ailment may come up in your body. And I'm tired of hearing people go and ask doctors, can they be treated for COVID, and their only option is a vaccine or go home or go into the hospital where you're not going to make it out. I will be happy to treat any one of you for COVID prior to going to the hospital because early treatment has always worked. I'm a member of the FLCCC Alliance, NC Physicians for Freedom, and the Medical Freedom Summit. And I would, I would ask y'all to please stop choosing fear and putting masks on our kids. The vaccine is not going to work. Early treatment has always worked, and government mismanagement of patients is why people have died. And families have realized this, and they are rising up, and they are going to come after governments and the hospital. I was highly decorated and highly respected at New Hanover. I was the November 2020 Employee of Excellence, and I had a job opportunity this year from the Chief Medical Director at this hospital, and I chose to walk out and stand up for what is right. So putting these masks on our kids is not going to help, nor is vaccination, and we all need to realize that. It is out. The cat is out of the bag, and people are speaking globally, including the inventor of the vaccine. All right, we're back. You need to find the strength to stand and become ungovernable. Or you accept the holding, that holding your prerogative to go outside hostage as an incentive to for, force you to comply is now the, is, uh, the task of your rulers. I'm telling you, if you think 
what you just went through with COVID sucks. Wait until you see what's coming next. It's coming. And your supervisors are as blind and confused and ignorant. Your own people. Do you know that (coughs) the Romans, when they took over the Jewish people, used Jewish people to extract money and rights from the Jewish people. That's why tax collectors were so hated. You think, oh, I hate the tax collector. I don't, I've known the tax collector here. It's not even the same thing. They, they extorted money from the Jewish people. They used their own people to punish. The Romans used Jews to go after Jews. Do you know that the Nazis used Jews in the camps to, to manage Jewish people? You watch what's coming next. We call these, you say, oh, well, you know, we're not, we're not really in camps. They're putting people in camps in Australia, but not here. Yeah, they're called digital shackles. You know what digital shackles are? You'll never escape from digital shackles. That's what they have in China. It's been the goal of the top-down social planners for decades. They've been dreaming about it designing it, planning. That's why Facebook and Google are all over there helping them. You thought, why would they help the Chinese? Because they feel more aligned to the Chinese than they do Americans. They do not see themselves as Americans. That's why they hated the term. Didn't you find it interesting when Trump ran for office and they picked the that MAGA slogan, Make America Great Again, and people just got furious. The Bible would say there would be gnashing of teeth. They were gnashing at their teeth. The planners, they've been dreaming about this for decades. Digital shackles. This will be linked to everything and become a social credit system like the Chinese have and that the Davos, in Davos, Switzerland, technocrats, they desperately love it. They love it. They want to manage your life just like you have a financial. Somebody told me the other day they had an 800 or 700 credit score. And they said, and I said, yeah, well, how, how is that good? And they said, oh, that's the tops, dude. Well, you'll, you'll have credit scores based upon your behavior. And if, and if you ever uh, wrote anything, uh, if you ever wrote anything like, oh, well, I think we ought to have more freedom, or I think I don't, I don't like this policy of the government, your credit score goes down. Or if you pick it, or if you are a, uh, a patriot, that, that would ditch your credit score. You see what I'm getting at? And so that would mean that you wouldn't get some privileges that other people, if, if they were compliant, got, right? None, none of this has anything to do with freedom. It has everything to do with being a good slave, right? This has been the plan from the very beginning. You thought the plan was, you, we got into arguing over masks or lockdowns or staying in or standing on the X at Food Max, or can't go to a movie, or I can't play football. We got all caught up in all those details. That was just a diversion. They broke it down into bite-sized chunks to get you to swallow them, and you swallowed them. You swallowed them big time, baby. And not put up a fuss too much, because no inch they took ever quite seemed worth it 
at the time to fight. Oh, it's not bad. We can put up with it. It'll be over in a couple of weeks. They said ten, They said two weeks. So, oh, yeah, a mask. It's no, why don't you just wear a mask? Just go in. The other day I got thrown out of Peachtree Clinic because I wouldn't wear a mask. Okay. I heard now they're at, out in front of Walmart because Walmart is kissing the government's ASS. And so now they, they're, they're showing their compliance because they're getting big money from the government. And so they're, they're got people sticking masks in your face at the outside of Walmart. I ain't buying nothing from Walmart. I'm not going over there. Uh, so what's going to happen is little by little, more and more will be taken. Instead, he said they move the definition again. Remember, they moved the goalposts from two weeks, and then they said, oh, you know, we're going to get rid of all this mumbo-jumbo. Kids go go back to school, get rid of the mask, da-da-da, if you'll just take the shot. Now, the shots don't work. They knew the shots weren't going to work. They knew it. You think that these are the brightest scientists in the world. They knew exactly what they had. In fact, did, did you actually believe they were making that shot under warp speed with Trump? They weren't. They had the shot already made. Moderna had that shot already made. But the, it's not my suspicion. It's in documents. The National Institute of Health actually has the, uh, they, they're splitting the proceeds with Moderna. Up to date replaces fully vaxxed, right? Remember, they, are you up to date? Did you get the vax? Now it's fully vaxxed. What is fully vaxxed? It constantly changes. Have you had the third booster, the fourth booster, the fifth booster, sixth booster? Did you take the pill? This was never, none of this was supposed to be temporary, ever. This is a process to take over this country. It was sold as a one-time thing to get your life back. And you bit on it to get your life back. But they never gave it back, did they? It's just like a, a, a bully saying, just give me your lunch today, and then tomorrow you can have your lunch. It ain't never coming back. They knew very well that it was a lie when they told it. It is ne- None of those people at the top have been surprised about anything. And they, the local people, the local supervisors are so stupid, so vulnerable, and, and they're, they're just hookers. You tell them you're going to throw them a 20, they'll, they'll screw you. They'll, they'll just spread their legs for a 20. I'm telling you that they will. They'll go down on you for money, every one of them. There's not, they, they just, maybe Seth Fuhrer is the only one out of the 10 in the two counties that sees it straight. The rest of them are uh, compromised. They all are, they, their vote. I'm talking about not the future. I'm talking about their decisions on this entire, we got two years of looking at it. You can look at all their decisions. They still are letting Dr. Death run around without any controls on her. You can't see the pattern. You can't see what's coming yet. I'm sorry for you. Some people, uh, uh, it's called mass uh, psychosis. It's a psychological operation to get people to comply, and they've done a wonderful job of it. They've been planning this. Not They just didn't come up with this in the last year, last two years. <clears throat> this has been a multi-decade effort to put all this together, and it, when it unpacked, baby, they covered every detail. 
This will be the affirmative requirement for you to gain permission from the state every six months to be able to have your life, your work, to go socialize and to have school. I just watched uh, something on YouTube tonight about uh, schools closing again. Schools will close again because of the common cold. But they've they've ratcheted it all up to be so complex that the average person can't can't even sort it out. They don't care whether kids get educated. They don't care whether kids kill themselves. Have you figured out that the school system isn't about the kids anyway? I, I was just looking at the the pay, the uh, payroll at the Sutter County Office of Education. It's probably true of all the offices of education and education in general. But I because the Sutter County Office of Education just lost millions of dollars in grants for uh, misbehavior. And so I was and, and they were saying, well, you know, uh, to the grant the grant or the giver of the grant, they were saying, well, you know, really, yeah, we made some mistakes, but really, you know, if you really cared about kids, I thought that's weak. 3,500 kids. It affects a couple million dollars sitting in that office over there at Sutter County House of education. Annually, they dropped two, a couple million dollars just in, in the office staff. We're talking about people getting paid to flub up a basic grant that a high schooler could have managed getting paid over $200,000 a year. And you got a superintendent making a quarter of, pushing a quarter of a million dollars. And then you got assistant after assistant, after assistant superintendents, multiple assistants making 180, 190, 200, 215. <clears throat> you say it's about the kids. They're sucking all the money in, in administrative salaries. It's not about the kid. The kids aren't getting the gravy. They're getting scraps that fall off somebody's plate. It isn't about it isn't about it. it the kids are the EBT card. You get it? The card is nothing but something to carry a value to the to the beneficiary called the administrator. You think any teacher ever thought in their in their wildest dreams that they'd worked their way up to make a quarter of a million dollars a year? It's absurd. Nobody's worth that. What do you think they do? They push paper all day. The real work is getting done in the classroom. You think the big administrators are actually helping children? They're not. I sat in board meetings for years, <coughs> and I'd go months without anybody talking about children. Not about kids. He says here, instead, uh, the definition against up-to-date replaces fully vaxxed. <clears throat> this, will never, this was never supposed to be temporary, ever. <clears throat> they gave us nothing, and they always demand more. Austin, wear two masks. Can you seriously not see the pattern? You just going to give in? You give it an inch, they'll take a mile, right? You'll never be able, you'll never be able to get it back. I'm telling you, you will not be able to get it back. If you don't make your stand now, it will never be easier. 
Dave Bryan at Glad Tidings used to use this phrase, stomp snakes while still small. Because you let that sucker get big, it'll be around your neck and strangle the dickens out of you. Take the life right out of you. You think, oh, it's just a pet snake. <laughs> Once it gets up there, at its whim, it will strangle you to death. You're giving up something that millions of people in this country have fought for. All where we are today is, is we've got to a place where we've given our rights. And you've, you've given up the thought that the rights are absolute and you've permitted exceptions. Many people would give up the gun right in a hot heartbeat. Well, a lot of others wouldn't. But I'm telling you, there's lots of different rights there, and you give up one, you give up your freedom of speech. Right now, we got people that you say something on, on Facebook. And in Vietnam, they'll put you in jail. The government will. Here, they put you in Facebook jail. It's just, we're close. I'm telling you, they are censoring some of the most bright people in this country that are speaking scientific truth, and they're just making us, we're just repeating that on Facebook, and they take it off, says, oh, say, we, that's been fact-checked. Fact-checked by what? Some little pervert back there at a Google desk, right, jerking off and fact-checking everything? These people are nerds. They don't know jack. You're, 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 they're, they're criticizing people like Peter McCullough. David Martin, Judy Mikovits, Sherry Tenpenny, Lee Merritt, brilliant scientists and doctors, Carrie Mullis. Oh, we, well, there's, there's, that doesn't tell us the whole story. All of this is going to end one way. The price of liberty is the liberty of others, of defending the right of others to say at the top of their lungs things you have spent your whole life opposing at the top of yours. You get it? People that you don't, you don't agree with at all have the right to throw a fit. It's called free speech. Free speech. And you have a right to say what you think, and they have a right to say what they think. Both, both pairs. Totally opposite. But right now we have a group in the country in the name of tolerance that are shutting down the free speech of people that that I travel with, right? It's really about freedom in America is about accepting people that make us furious and watching people do things that we hate. <clears throat> you can hate the behavior of people. You're not supposed to hate the people, but you can hate the, pe the things that they do. <clears throat> if you're if you're not willing to do this you're not suited for american freedom you'll do fine under communism i have good friends very very close friends in vietnam that are comfortable living under the communist country not because they like it but they got to get along and they got to they got to make it through every day and they didn't ask for it. They were born and raised under it. It's the shackles that they become used to. They're comfortable with it because without those shackles, they'll get killed. That's, that's the way it is.
You're not suited to be free. Many of you aren't suited to be free anymore. You've been trained to be a servant. They will rule you good and hard. They're going to rule you good and hard. The truth is always and everywhere this, what I've just talked about, forget it at your own peril. Now, another topic, the Loudoun County rapist is now got put into treatment. Do you remember this? The Loud, Loudoun County school board meeting where the school boards blew up all over the United States after Loudoun County, Virginia school. A father went in there and complained that his ninth, his ninth grade daughter was repeatedly raped, sodomized. Basically, he hit all the marks, the rapist. He didn't like do a quickie. He spent some time in the bathroom and worked her over. And the father threw a fit because the school board, who is supposed to protect the children, protect the rapist, to uh, protect their, to not lose face. So they didn't do anything about it. They didn't prosecute it. And they moved the rapist to another school where he raped not one person, but a third person. And finally, through this uproar where the father actually was arrested, throwing a fit in the school board meeting, which now we're considered domestic terrorists because we can't stand up and say, my daughter should be safe in the, in the bathroom in the ninth grade. And so the guy threw a fit and other people began to throw fits all over the country. And so now the judge says, uh, this is amazing. She, he appears before the judge and most judges today are totally corrupt. And, uh, <clears throat> says, so the Pamela Brooks, the judge pushed back the teen's initial sentencing date to allow him to undergo a psychosexual ex- evaluation. Brooks claimed the results of the evaluation scared her. This is the judge. The evaluation of the kid scared her. The trial also uncovered that the rapist allegedly attacked a third girl. Over the years, this court, she, this is the judge speaking. Listen to this closely, people. This is something that was covered up. Over the years, Brooks says the court has, uh, this court has read many psychosexual reports. And when I read yours, she's speaking to the defendant. Frankly, she said, it scared me. It scared me for you. It scared me for society. The judge stated that she has never ordered juveniles to enter the sex offender registry, but made an exception for the teen. She said, I'm ordering you into sexual offender registry. Brooks ordered the teen to a full rehabilitation facility until he turns 18. On his 18th birthday, he will return to court for the next steps on where to go from here with this guy. I'll be right back. We're halfway through. Less of all, less of all, the long and the short and the tall. Less all the sergeants and W.O.1s, less all the corporals and their blinking sons, because we're saying goodbye to 
nationally recognized leading pathologist, Dr. Arne Burkhart, and renowned expert in the fields of microbiology and infectious diseases, Dr. Sukarit Bhakti, recently published irrefutable evidence that the mRNA shots are killing at least 40% of recipients. First, they explain why the experimental agents cannot protect against a viral infection, which we already know to be true by the overwhelming evidence and admissions that the more vaxxed up a person is, the more likely they are to get COVID. Doctors Burhart and Bhakti explain that this is due to the fact that the so-called vaccines sway the body into producing antibodies in the blood, but not within the mucous membranes that normally protect our respiratory tract. This is why the vaccinated are suffering what they call breakthrough infections. The COVID vaccines are turning off lymphocyte production where they need it the most, while amping it up in the bloodstream which is where it gets much worse. For those without the vaccine, a natural infection with SARS-CoV-2 will in most cases remain localized to the respiratory tract. But for those who have been vaccinated, unrelated cells deep inside the body react to the respiratory infection by creating a new spike protein, which then causes the cell that created it to be attacked by the immune system. Experts warned us of this last year, and now it is clearly seen in the evidence. Doctors Burhart and Bhakti found this autoimmune disease present in most organs, but mostly in the heart, which helps explain why we are seeing so many cases of myocarditis and cardiac arrest. The vaccines trigger self-destruction. Analysis has now been performed on the organs of over 70 people who died after vaccination and who died for reasons officially unrelated to the vaccines. In most cases, rhythmogenic heart failure was postulated as the cause of death, a mystery which has now been solved. What they found was inflammatory events in small blood vessels, characterized by an overabundance of T lymphocytes and dead cells, usually accompanied by tissue destruction. In other words, immunological self-attack. The evidence clearly shows that both mRNA and vector-based vaccines from all four manufacturers are inducing autoimmune disease in multiple organs, mostly the heart, followed by the lung, liver, thyroid, and brain. These data are so damning that you don't have to start looking for other data to know that these vaccines are killing the young and the old. So the children are set up against the wall and they shoot. These damn people are shooting and they're killing our children. I can't stand it. We have a four-year-old son and we're going to flee this damn country because we are not going to let himself be shot. Here's the good news. The secret police are not coming with guns to take you away to a prison camp in a frozen wasteland for speaking out against the government. They did that in communist countries in the 20th century. It's not going to happen here in America or in Western Europe. Here's the bad news. The secret police aren't coming for you because they don't have to. There are ways to shut you up and keep you quiet that don't involve physical force. The powers that be, and that now includes major corporations, 
the educational establishment, the media, and the government can just kick you off the internet, put you on a no-fly list, and bar you from using the banking system. We can describe scenario number one as hard totalitarianism and scenario number two as soft totalitarianism. There are big differences between them, but in the end, you arrive at the same place, submission and silence. To grasp the threat of totalitarianism, hard or soft, it's important to understand exactly what it means. According to the famous political scholar Hannah Arendt, a totalitarian society is one in which an ideology seeks to displace all prior traditions and institutions, with the goal of bringing all aspects of society under control of that ideology. The state literally defines and controls reality. Truth is whatever the rulers decide it is. These rulers might say something like, men can have babies, or skin color is more important than character, or the American Revolution was fought not for freedom, but to protect the colonists' slave interest, or those who resist a vaccine mandate are enemies of the people, and insist that you not only believe it, but affirm it. If you don't, you might lose your job, your business, and your good name. That dystopian future, of course, is now. And we're only at the beginning of this process. Where does it lead? To less freedom, that much we know. Again, no guns, no violence. We just go along. Nobody kicks a door down. We open the door and invite them in. The more information the government has about you, and the more the tech sector can see what you're doing and saying online, the easier it is to monitor your behavior. How long before the government creates a digital profile of each citizen? And how would the government use that profile? It might go like this. If you do socially positive things as defined by the government, nothing really changes. You can do whatever you want. Maybe you're even rewarded for good behavior, a faster internet connection, preferred medical treatment, or even the best seats at a concert. If you do socially negative things, again, as defined by the government, you lose privileges. You're pushed to the margins of society. You become a non-person. Sound far-fetched? It shouldn't. It's happening right now in China. It happened in Russia and Eastern Europe not that long ago. Talk to anyone who lived behind the Iron Curtain, and they will tell you we are headed down a dangerous road. No, you say, it can't happen here in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I wouldn't be so sure. Ronald Reagan famously observed that freedom can be lost in a single generation. That's because the human inclination is not toward liberty, but security. Freedom is a value, not an instinct. It entails personal responsibility and risk. Security requires little risk and little personal responsibility. So it comes with little freedom. That's why every new generation must be taught the supreme importance of freedom and develop the strength of character to maintain it. Of course, the people who want to take away our freedom say they're doing it in the name of compassion for the many victims of oppression. Unlike the Bolsheviks of the old Soviet Union, the left of today's America gets its way not by shedding blood, but by shedding tears. Don't be fooled. 
the objective is always the same, submission and silence. So, how do we stop the drift towards soft totalitarianism? This is not an easy question, but we can create a base from which we can start to act. Let it be this. You may not have the strength to stand up in public and say what you really believe, but you can at least refuse to affirm what you do not believe. You cannot overthrow this soft totalitarianism on your own, but if enough of us find within ourselves, our families, and our communities the means and the courage to live in the dignity of truth, no matter what it costs, we can keep America free. Otherwise, we will learn how easy it is to become a totalitarian country, soft or hard. I'm Rod Dreher, author of Live Not By Lies for Prager University. You left me here on your way to paradise. You pulled the rug right out from under my life. I know where you go to. I knew when you came home last night. Cause your eyes had a mist from the smoke of a the teen's initial sexual assault took place in May 2021. He was transferred to a different high school within Loudoun County Public Schools, though the district superintendent and board members were aware of the assault. He committed a second assault at that high school. The boy was transferred under the recommendation of Loudoun County's Commonwealth attorney, Buddha Bubaraj. Bubaraj claimed that the boy had no history of having done this prior to this offense that was alleged. Sound like a typical attorney, according to the news people. However, the boy's mother, listen to the boy's mother, conceded that her son had a history of misbehaving. She's talking about sexually misbehaving and once sent nude photos of himself to a girl in the fifth grade. Honestly, people, you want your kids in a public school like this? You think, oh, well, Lou, they're not all like that. They are all like that. We had a counselor at Kynock School that molested like 15 or 20 kids. Boys. They're now adult, screwed up boys. Even if the teachers were squared away, even if the teachers were squared away, the the curriculum is communist. Get your kids out of the school. Public school is done. You know, I used to, <clears throat> can't remember where I said this last week or not. So I used to be involved with a lot of bad situations where we had to uh, take in the parents or somebody and say goodbye to a dead person. One night, two kids were hit it in Northfield Road in a crosswalk, and uh, the boy was killed instantly, and the girl was severely damaged, crippled. <coughs> so I was, the boy was laying on the uh, table, and mom was to my left, and we were just standing there. I had my hand on her shoulder and making sure in case she fell I would catch her and she says hey 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 I think I saw, I I think I saw him move I think he's alive can you have the doctor I think I saw him breathe can you have the doctor come back please I said no problem I got the doctor to come back I said can you check the boy over again mom thought thought this and that just what I said he checked him over thoroughly and said I'm sorry but the boy there's no life here 
That example I'm giving of that person, you might look at the school system and say, oh, I think there's some light. I think, I think there's an ember there we can work with. I think, I think we can fan the flame. I think we can resuscitate. I think we could reform. You cannot. The system is sick. It's terminal. It's too far gone. Are there some good teachers? I know I have friends that work in the system. They're lovely people. They're committed. They love children. There's nothing better. There's nothing better in my book in society than a wonderful teacher. I still remember all of mine, my coaches, my teachers. I have great debt in my heart to my teachers. They help me tremendously. And it's gone. It, those days are over. Listen, if you're a new parent, please seriously look at what, you, what what's going on in your school system. COVID was a blessing to parents whose kids then were put on Zoom. Zoom is of the devil for, t- for children teaching, for educating. The blessing is you got to look inside the classroom and see the nonsense. You get it? You got a peek. God gave you a peek to what was going on with your kids when you weren't, you were out there running around town trying to pay the bills, take care of things, keep people healthy, keep a marriage together. Your kid is being jerked around in the public school system. They're spending time showing them how to do sex, how to, how to put a condom on a, a, some kind of dildo that it's okay to have sex with the same gender perversion stuff that we considered mental illness until the last couple generations. My parents weren't Christian people. They wouldn't have allowed me to sit in one of these public schools. If they, if they were alive today and saw what was going on, they would have me out in a heartbeat, not even God fearing people. They were, they were good salt of the earth people. Are you getting me? There isn't enough redemption in these in these classrooms. Your kids <coughs> How important are your kids to you? Get them out. Homeschool them. Put them in private school. There's a bill that's coming up, a, a referendum. You can sign the petition to give parents a $14,000 voucher or a credit to take the money that's going to the public schools for their kid and give it to a private school. Get get ready to vote for that. Find the petition, and I'll get some petitions pretty soon, and we can sign them. If we get over a million good signatures, we'll get it on the ballot, then we can vote for it. We, It's your money. It's my money. I've been supporting. My kids have been out of school for 20 years. Over 20 years. I'm still paying on the schools. I'm getting ripped off. All, all the, the consolation I have is if, if my money was going to a private school for a good kid. Get your kids out of school. You're not going to sway the, the, you know what, the, the trustees are being threatened with lawsuits. The government is threatening them that if you don't mask up these kids, even though it's anti-science, it's, it's going to get kids sick. If you don't mask them up and a parent sues, you're going to be on the hook. They scare them to death. You ever wonder why politicians that you voted for and you thought were such a wonderful person and such an honorable person and a conservative person and et cetera, et cetera, doesn't vote right? You think, how do they do that? I thought I knew that dude. You know why? He's either a pervert 
or he's been cheating on his wife or they got him paid off. They gave him a lot of campaign money or they gave him a tip on insider trading that he made a lot of money. And then now he, they got him or they, they showed him a, a trick. He went to Las Vegas for a conference and they turned him onto a female, right? They get, somehow they get compromised and then, then they give, they give in. They, they have to follow big pharma, right? Big pharma owns these people. They get a tip. Hey, invest over here. Make a hundred grand, right? Big pharma, all these people, they get compromised. If you wonder when you see these people and you can't believe it, you think, how come they don't stand up and say something? I, I wonder, you know, I look at Doug LaMalfa, who I, I used to go to events with him back in the day. He represents the area north of us. He's a congressman. You never see him. He's a wallflower in Washington. James Gallagher, the same way, down here in Sacramento. See Kylie all the time. He's standing up on this, filing this, <coughs> going after Newsom, going, going after Newsom for this, going after Newsom for that, bringing up this issue, exposing that issue. You wonder, who, who, who's, whose pocket is he, are these people in? Nielsen, same way. Let his fellow senator, Janet Nguyen, get manhandled, a female Get manhandled. Be like you're out on a date, right? And some guy starts talking trash about the female and you just let her take, you just let him malign your, your female friend or jerk her around or whatever. Be unkind to her. And you, you're as a guy, you don't do Jack. That's it. That Jim Nielsen did to Janet Nguyen. Who are these people? Who are these people? They're getting $174,000 a year. They make more in tuna fish per diem money, tuna fish sandwich money, I call it, than I've ever made in my whole life in one year. They make more in per diem than I've made my whole life in one year. And, and they try to convince me they're actually working hard. Are you kidding me? I work harder than a, in a month than Gallagher and these people work in a whole year. Are you kidding me? Going to meetings and eating rubber chicken is hard? Is it boring? He chose it. I didn't. Don't complain about it. That's hard. It's not hard. Digging a ditch is hard. Right? Breaking concrete is hard. Riding a big rig is hard all day. Don't be telling me, oh, it's so stressful down there in Sacramento. Now you're banging whores down there. You can do anything you want down there. You get anything you want. You want to buy some cocaine? You want to buy heroin down there? You want to, you know, we had to, the, uh, Lee, I can't remember his first name. He was the uh, representative from San Francisco. He was a child psychologist. <coughs> this guy got busted for selling ammunition, hooking up ammunition to to terrorists. It's, it's this stuff is hard to believe, is it not? A hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year is not enough for them. Of work, you call this work? What they do? It's not work. Work is like out in the cold and rain. I watched some guys in the rain the other day, cold rain out on Federal Boulevard, up on the standing on the second story rafters because the trusses were there and they had to stand those trusses up because the truck was waiting. And I was over there <clears throat> dumping off some recyclables and I stood there with a homeless person and we both looked at him. We said, dude, that is hard work. 
the homeless person and I agreed. We were like saying, dude, isn't that something? Standing, balancing on the second story rafters, uh, stud walls. That's work. Don't tell me politicians, it's work. Most of them are perverts, people. Are you telling me? They're liars. They're complete liars. You wonder why kids are not protecting schools. These schools, the teachers, more is, it's the saying is more is caught than taught. I've seen teachers come into the classroom in the Marysville Joint Unified School that look like just a warmed up homeless person with the face. They, they just <laughs> scrubbed their face on the way and their hair's all screwed up. They got an old pair of Levi's on and a flannel shirt. This is a female in tennis shoes. Females that taught me were professionally dressed, clean. Their hair was done, makeup on. Guys wore suits, ties and white shirts. Guys right now walk in in a T-shirt. They think it's somehow cool or intellectual. No, it just it just slows, shows you're a bum. They're bums. Are you kidding me? Bums and they're complaining about money? They work nine months out of the year. It's a, it's a cush job, people. Whenever you say they, they're, I heard some news person that they're so poorly paid. I thought, please go back to school or something. Go get educated or get unschooled. <clears throat> for goodness sakes. I, I got to play a clip here. Uh, let's see. Do I got seven minutes? All right. I'm going to take this break. I'm going to let it run a little long, and then I'm just going to cut it off. It's going to run a little long. I'm going to play a clip by Tony Roman. He's a hero in my book at Basil Basil Basilica Restaurant. Here we go. My name is Tony Roman, uh, owner of Basilico's Pasta Vino, an Italian restaurant in Huntington Beach, California. For me... I think about prior wars in the history of this country, it's the soldiers that go off and fight. So I felt in this war, I felt it was the obligation of the business owners to stand up and fight. It was our chance to go to bat, go into battle against these people. I feel that they targeted the churches and the bars and the restaurants because they know our history. American history is that it's where the rebellion started. They start in the churches, they, they start in the taverns. They started in the restaurants. They wanted to divide people there. So one of the things that, that we did early on was we, we didn't make masks optional. We banned them. And we banned the masks because to me, I saw, I saw it immediately as, a, as the representation of the lockdown. It was a symbol. And I thought to myself, they're going to weaponize them. And I said, so we're going to ban them. And, um, and that's what we did. These, these young guys here thought I was nuts because they thought, you know, you're going to lose a lot, lot of business. And I kept trying to make it clear to them why we're taking this, the stand, what it, what it represented, and why I was willing to lose everything. I didn't care. Um, people were still afraid to come in and eat. So people were, were watching the news. They were, they were afraid. So they didn't show up. Um, but over time, um, as the hate came, word got out that we were under siege. And, uh, and the Patriots started showing up from everywhere. They come from as far away as Florida. They fly, we had a couple the other day flying just for dinner from Alabama. We had people driving from Utah, Arizona, San Francisco, San Diego, Palm Springs. They come from everywhere. Hey, Good to see you guys. North of Glendale. Uh, oh, sir, thank you for that. I'm Tony. Good to see you. I know, I know always. Uh, yeah, I always will. Till the end. Never, never going to stop. Always remember that, you know, uh, uh, science never dictates freedom ever. 
You know, they keep trying to talk to you about the science, right? Trying to convince you of the science. It doesn't matter. It's about freedom only. That's all that matters. That man right there. That hero right there. We drove from the valley. We drove from the valley all the way down here to be here and support this man. And to, and to support our freedom and our choice not to do what we don't believe in. Stand up to tyrants. The other thing, too, is if it's really science, why does it change every week? There you go. That's the whole point of it. That's why, that's why you ignore it. That's why, that's why you ignore it. Science doesn't dictate freedom. Always remember that. It's nowhere in the Constitution. You usually see a line out there on the parking lot? Uh, it's a Saturday night, so uh, I assume everyone here is an American patriot, right? So let's talk about the Cuomos. Yeah. Uh, the wannabe Italians. The wannabe Italians. So the Cuomo brothers, um, they invited, uh, uh, little Chris uh, Cuomo invited me on. And everyone, I, I, I know people uh, that, that live, live in Hollywood, that do behind the scenes work in, in Hollywood, and they, they heard about it and they said, Tony, don't go on. They're going to kill you. They're going to they're, they're gonna ambush you, they're going to set you up. But I tell everyone, look, if you're just if you're just going on the on the news channels that support you, then you're just preaching to the choir, right? So you have to be you have to be willing to invade enemy territory. A restaurant owner in California posted signs calling on customers to show proof that they have not gotten the vaccine. He's also banned diners from wearing masks inside and put up this massive billboard that says, "Leave the mask, take the cannoli." Of course, it has to be an Italian guy, and he's using the Godfather. Uh, anyway, Tony Roman is the owner of Basilico's Pasta e Vino, and he joins me now from inside his restaurant. Welcome. Man, you said the name perfectly. You said it perfectly. Good job. Now I know you're Italian. It's because I speak the language. Let me guess. You don't. I start out uh, talking to him as a gentleman. Uh, this, is not, this is not an anti-vaccine stand. It's a pro-freedom stand. That's what you're not getting. I, I went in peace and left as his enemy. Uh, maybe we should ask your brother about protecting people, right? I hey, mean, look, that's his job. Uh, and if he doesn't you know, do it well, whole, people won't whole, vote for him. a whole new can of worms. But don't, look, Tony, look, I don't Listen, know if you know me too well. My, I'm not shy away my stand from is not I'm a political you about stand. You. Yeah, good. I appreciate that, too, because I know you talk a lot. So, so my, my stance here is a pro-freedom stand only. It's not political. You're never going to... If you come down here, you're not going to see a Trump flag flying over the roof, okay? You're not going to see campaign signs. You're not going to see campaign slogans or political slogans ever, okay? Mm -hmm. You're only going to see pro-freedom messages, and that's it. Um, and you're not going to drag me down the hole talking about the science. This is not about whether I'm pro-vaccine or not. I'm pro-freedom, anti-tyranny, okay? And, uh, you know, may maybe the conversation should really be between me and your brother. That, that's what I'm thinking. But it's funny because after I was done with him, a few days later, he was exiled from CNN, and his brother, uh, 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 you know, he was he was gone from office. He he, he resigned. So karma's a bitch, you know. Well, we had Orange County Health Department come about uh, a week ago. They showed up here with their masks on, and because they had their masks, we didn't let them do the inspection. They wouldn't take off their masks. So you don't get to do an inspection. 
So they said to us, so you're denying the inspection? We said, yes, take off your mask. They wouldn't take it off, so they left. We'll see what happens next. But, that, but that's what you have to be willing to do. You either fight or you don't fight. Business now is good. Yeah, but business is, at, at this restaurant, I mean, it's been around 22 years. It's always been good, but the spirit of the restaurant is different now. It was always great, but it's intense. The intensity in here is electric. It's one of the proudest moments that I had was one of the guys came up to me and he said, uh, after se several months in the fight, he pulled me aside. He said to me, Tony, um, this fight is uh, turning us into lions. And um, that was a very, very proud moment for, for me. When, when a person reluctantly subjugates themselves to a tyrant, right? And they know deep in their heart, like, I don't want to do this, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid to lose this. I'm afraid to lo lose that. They may not realize it right then, and they may not realize it now, but it, their subjugation is going to scar their soul. It's going to damage their self-respect, and uh, it will stay with them for the rest of their lives. When a business shuts down and they think they're going to reopen after six months, everything's going to be fine, you're going to have the scars of surrender on your walls. Never going to feel the same ever. And the reason why this place still feels like vintage America is because it's been vintage America since day one. We've never allowed any changes ever, none, zero. Uh, zero compliance, zero negotiation, zero restrictions. Um, uh, we're gonna stonewall the enemies of freedom um, until the very end. In this, in this battle between freedom and tyranny, the world was looking at us again to lead, and we failed, miserably. And we now, with, this, with these new vax mandates, as they're doubling down, we have to triple down in our defiance. Otherwise, you're going to see exactly what's happening in Italy and France and Australia. Um, I think, for me, I can't even believe that Americans will even accept the word lockdown. When I heard it, it was alien. I thought to myself, America was not built to, to, to be locked down ever. This is America. It, it's, it, it's the... Um, you know, it's you know, we're American. What I always, what I always tell people is, you're Americans, act like it. Listen, we have a chance. We have a chance not only to take the freedoms that they've taken from us in the last 18 months, but to take more back. This is our chance, but we have to push hard and we have to be unafraid. Um, show no fear. You know, fear not is one of the is, is is quoted more in the Bible than anything else. And uh, I feel like I've had I've had God on my side every step of the way. I think this fight is, is, is a fight between good and, and good and evil, freedom and tyranny, and um, and uh, and good always wins. Somebody's calling your name. Somebody's waiting for you. Love is all that remains the same. That's what it's all. on communicating directly with those people. 
about why it's important to get vaccinated, why these vaccines are safe, why uh, they can still kill you even if you are under the age of 27. We need to be clear and direct about our messaging. Every part of this vaccine, the deeper and deeper we get into it, the more and more we find elements that look incredibly, you know, dangerous, if not completely deadly. Our investigation tells us that this spike protein is a bioweapon. It was manufactured in a lab. It doesn't function like a natural virus. I think people go, oh, well, it's a lab. It's a, it's a natural virus, a lab. What difference does it make? It's a huge difference. One is a bioweapon. One is designed to do things that may not be happening in nature. And there are people, those in the very high-risk categories, that are getting incredibly sick and dying. And forget, I mean, we could talk about the malpractice in hospitals. You don't want to go near them. They're not giving you ivermectin. They're not giving you any of the treatments like hydroxychloroquine or budesonide, all the things that could save your life. They're putting you on ventilators. We've got to start asking harder questions because there is a bioweapon that is, you know, being breathed in by people. They're injecting this by the billions and trillions. You have no chance. Your body has no chance. That bioweapon is so prolific, so penetrating every cell of your body if you're vaccinated. I really think we are about to see one of the greatest human die-offs of all times. If science holds up, I pray I'm wrong. I pray to God somehow our natural bodies overcome the fact that all these people have been injected with a bioweapon. But in the animal trials, we saw those animals die. Every coronavirus vaccine has been a failure. Is getting the shot any use given that there are vaccinated people still getting COVID? Of course, people who are getting the injection are going to get COVID. They're manufacturing the spike protein that's responsible for causing COVID. Um, You know, what can be done to help family members who have had the shot? Um, I, I will tell you that there are medical and scientific experts around the world who have said some very, very, very extreme things. Paraphrasing, most people who got this shot will be dead in two years. I really, really want to encourage you to hear, this is not an injection against a viral illness. COVID is not caused by a virus. It's caused by a spike protein. And this spike protein does not cause a respiratory illness. It causes a blood disorder and a clotting issue and a neurological issue and heart disease and infertility. One of the most interesting things is that if you look at the patents of these injections, The companies that made these injections never made these as vaccines. These injections were made for gene therapy, which in English is, we want to be able to insert foreign genetic material into your body and make it a permanent part of your body. And then because that material becomes a permanent part of your body, We now own you because we patented the material that we put in the injection and now it becomes a permanent part of your genetic material. And now you are owned by the companies that made it. This is right out of the manufacturer's material. This is not my opinion. 
Those making these vaccines know these vaccines will kill you. They know science. They're not stupid. When you spend billions of dollars to build a factory to produce vaccines, you have enough scientists to know that antibody priming will kill you. And we have to face the reality of what's going on, that this is the intention. The intention is to exterminate humanity. Now, according to Montagnier, anyone who has taken these vaccines that prime your immune system to react excessively the next time you run into a coronavirus, these all will be dead in two years. You have to start preparing yourself spiritually for this because some people are going to uh, be so shocked by it that they're going to lose their minds. They're going to lose their faith. They're going to ask, where is God? A lot of Americans don't understand how tight these stakeholders are. Keep in mind, the National Institutes of Health is a co-owner of the Moderna patent. So they have a vested financial interest in keeping these vaccines going. So the United States government has made a decision along with the stakeholders, CDC, NIH, FDA, Big Pharma, World Health Organization, Gates Foundation. They have made a commitment to mass vaccination as a solution to the COVID-19 pandemic. And we are going to uh, really be witness to what's going to happen in history. We're sitting on right now uh, the biggest number of vaccine deaths. There's been tens of thousands of hospitalizations, all attributable to the vaccine and going strong. Now, let's do a thought experiment. If COVID-19 were to infect every single human being on this planet and was not to be treated, so what would be the overall global death rate? The answer is less than 1%. The reality is that the majority of, of low-risk individuals will, will clear the virus with no sequela, and the high-risk population would have a 7.5% death rate. But if you average that out through the entire world population, we're looking at a death rate of less than 1%. You have to ask a different question. What is going to be the death rate from global vaccination? And that is going to be several orders of magnitude. If I come out and say, listen, 90% of humanity is going to be dead in a few years, you know, no one's going to take it seriously, and we don't really know for sure. There have been people advocating for population reduction for, for decades. When Bill Gates in 2015 says that the world population needs to be re reduced by a certain percentage, and he gives rationale that's global warming or whatever. So my question is a very simple question. He's one of the main supporters and profiteers of global vaccination. Why would I take a vaccine for my health from someone who's advocating for the reduction of the world population. We have a bunch of people today that are running out, getting a vaccine, doing things based on a worldview that is not right. They think we're just dealing with this viral problem. It's not a viral problem. We're in a multidimensional, unrestricted war situation. And it may be hard for people to understand that, but when we try to make sense of this as a viral outbreak, a lot of it doesn't fit. And that makes a difference because how we treat ourselves depends on what we believe is really happening to us. If you're unexpectedly in an area where war breaks out, one of three things is gonna happen. You're gonna become a warrior or you're gonna become at least a survivor. But if you don't appreciate what's going on, you'll become a casualty. And that's what we're trying to prevent, I think, here.
uh, this is our uh, fifth segment. And I want to make a few, because I've just kind of gone on a run here tonight, and I want to make a few comments. I skipped an announcement or two, and I'll get it in here now and also give some credit to some people that are helping us be on the air. Uh, this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, the third Tuesday of the month, is the uh, first meeting for the Yuba County Republican Central Committee, which last year went through a total revolution. Uh got it's now really a central committee where they're going to get things done and work as opposed to just going to meetings it had totally crashed i don't want to go into the history of it i don't have time tonight on what happened and why the uh politicians messed with Yuban sutter central committees the republicans and uh, ruined them but uh, this one has got new officers new committee members new people and i want to encourage you you know i i played sports some in school and um I there's individual sports like tennis and running and different things like that. And then there's team sports. I, I tended to do better at team sports. So I like to work with people. And uh, so this is an opportunity to work with people to make a change in our community. And so you're living here. Uh, and so if you're a Yuba County resident, uh, this is a chance for you to make the community the community that you want, right? If it isn't the community you want, then you should change it. And this group of people wants to do that, and it's called a central committee. So they have a board, and then they have committee members that are elected or appointed, and then they have folks that are just there to help. And uh, you could easily be a helper and get a lot of good stuff done without committing to be a committee member or even a board member, but you could do all those things. And so one way to find out about it is to go to a meeting, and you don't have to do anything to go, just show up. They uh, start gathering at 6.30 for a social time, and at 7, they launch a meeting, and it's going to be at the Hallwood Community Church at 2825 Highway 20. That's right across from Cordova Elementary School, about five or six miles east of Marysville, just five or six minutes east of Marysville on Highway 20. Very easy to get to, right on the main drive at Highway 20 and uh hallwood community church so uh, go check it out they're they're really looking for candidates they're looking uh, for what the measures are on the ballot coming up in 2022 and uh, what to do to let people know how to vote on those uh who to vote for uh maybe trying to help raise some money to help people candidates that they really feel strongly about this is an opportunity to get involved listen if you think you're going to see this country turn around by staying home or sitting or thinking I can't do anything. Everybody can do something. You can lick an envelope. You can, you can get people signed up. You can sign a petition. You can get people signed up on, uh, to vote. You can help people get to the vote, the voting polls or to or even vote by mail. There's a lot of things you can do, make phone calls, etc. So, uh, their website, if you want to check it out is Yuba County, RCC.org. Yuba County dot Okay. And the phone number is five, three, zero, seven, 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 five, zero, two, one. I also wanted to mention that, uh, Dr. Cassidy and I, uh, do a project together, um, uh, called tats off. And, uh, we've been removing tattoos, uh, not just off gang members, but anybody that has a tattoo in a place that uh, is a problem for them. And uh, 
but we focus on the neck, face, and arms, and low. And on females, we'll do work on the lower leg. But if you can cover it with clothing, we're not going to bother with it. We're trying to help people get back into mainstream society if they've been in prison or they what have they done? Maybe they've changed up their life, and uh, maybe the tattoos are in their way of getting the type of job they want or whatever. So we we get those. We remove them uh, for fifty dollars a session, and we can explain more later uh, than try to do it all on the show but if you're interested or you need it you have a tattoo or tattoos you need removed uh you can call uh karen at church of glad tidings they administrate the program and uh the phone number there is 530-671-3160 that's 671-3160 and karen's uh extension is 242 you can sign up over the phone uh we get money in advance we treat once a month and then we let you heal up for a month and uh, so it's laser therapy. And so if you, you enter interested in that, we do it in Yuba City. Church of Glad Tidings is at 1179 Eager Road, Yuba City. We've been doing it for decades, actually. Uh, but we moved out to Glad Tidings a couple of years ago when Sutter North, who really was a great partner for many years, the government came in and told them we couldn't do it in their surgery center any longer for a number of reasons that are ridiculous, but, uh, the hospital wants to be the hospital. They had to make an adjustment and, but they let us take the machine and now we operate out of church of glad tidings. So if we can help you, uh, we work on young people, old people and people in between all kinds of folks. So uh, if you want to, if you need some help, uh, let us know five three zero six seven one thirty one sixty extension two four two. I want to give a shout out to the all power, services will and josh over there and you can reach them at eight four four zero three four seven that's five three oh eight four four zero three four seven anything any kind of tool or implement or mobile that is powered by a machine or an engine they will fix it for you and they they're not collecting parts and broken things they take them fix them give them back in better shape so chainsaws weed eaters, mowers, four-wheelers, uh, trucks, cars, off-road devices, boat motors. They got it all going on. They're right here south of Yuba City at 1469 Stewart Road. You can reach them at allpower1469 at gmail.com. That's allpower1469 at gmail.com. Give them a shout. If you've got some welding issues or you want to fabricate some stuff on some of your equipment or for whatever your needs are, they'll, they, they can do it all. Okay. They're fabricators. Uh, also, Dr. Cassie, as I mentioned earlier, we do a tattoo project, uh, together. We also work with addicts. So whatever type of addict, whether you, you can't get off cigarettes or you've got a meth problem, alcohol, heroin, opiates, pharmaceuticals, uh, here's what, how we're helping. We, we encourage you to make a call to Peachtree Health, which is where Dr. Cassidy works, 530-749-3242. He'll look you over and give you, give you a health over, overview, uh, talk to you about your addiction, and then recommend some op- options for you to go to get, uh, get the help you need to break that addiction. Very simple. Dr. Cassidy is no novice. He's been doing uh, working with addicts for over 30 years in our area. Uh, used to be the doctor of the jail. He used to be the Yuba County health officer. He knows everything about what's shaking in this county and more, more than you probably like. But uh, 
if for, for some reason you can't get an appointment or they say he's too busy or something, something, anything goes awry with the, the sign in 749-3242. Just tell them you're an addict when they ask you what the problem is. No big deal. And then just, if there's any problem, you can text him. If you have a problem getting an appointment, just text him at 530-682-8648, 682-8648. And, uh, and, and if something happens there, just dial me up and you can dial me up or, or text me up and I will, I will make it happen for you with Dr. Cassidy and Peachtree Health and whoever else. I'm the logistics guy. So uh, my number is 530-713-1838. I give my number to everybody. So does Cassidy. All the people in the jail have it. We hand it out in the river bottoms. We're into getting people well. And the our success is... Uh, we're not making money off you. Our our money is seeing people that once were all screwed up, laying face down in the muck, uh, out there having a job and having a car and having a family and uh, out to eat with their wife or their partner uh, and having a good life and, and not being in bondage anymore. So that's our thrill, okay? So if you need some help there. Also, if you need legal help, you can go to my friend Nellie Garcia. She's the best in town uh, at North Valley Paralegal. You know, a lot of times you think, oh, I need an attorney to do that. You don't on most stuff. You just don't need that. You can get it done faster, cheaper, better through a paralegal. And Nellie's got it going on at 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City. That's right between the two bridges, the 10th and the 5th. It runs right in between. She's over towards the 10th Street side. Uh, we call it the 10th Street Bridge based on 10th and Marysville. But it, when you come down, it's highway. It's really Highway 20 coming over the river. So uh, anyway, dial, dial, dial her up at 530-751-9289, 530 And uh, give these people a shout-out that you heard it here, and uh, that, would, that would benefit me. Uh, just It encourages me. I just want to help them uh, because they help us be on the air here. So... Also, just one more, and then we'll, we'll get into this uh, for the rest of the segment. Thrifty Rooter, uh, they've been in Yuba City. They are maybe the longest uh, standing, uh, one of the longest, if not the longest, plumber operation in the area over 40 years, pushing 50 years. Thrifty Rooter, you can look at their website. It's a cool website, thriftyrooter.net. And... Um, you can dial them up at 530-673-8201. That's 530-673-8201. You can even email them. I just emailed Recology because they didn't pick up my garbage today. So I just went on their website and said, hey, again, it's a habit now. You didn't pick up my garbage, dude. So you could go right on their website tonight, Thrifty Rooter. And if, if you've got a, a slow drain on your... Your system, your septic system's backing up. They got the big trucks they can pull in, and they can solve that dude in an hour, man. Half an hour, boom, they just suck it all out of there. And then they go up and figure out why that thing is backing up. They do all kinds of different tasks that the average plumber doesn't do. They do the average plumber stuff, plus they go outside the house and get involved in the septic system and all that. So give them a call, 530-673-8201. Tell them you heard about it over here at No Hostages Radio, or if you hear about it on Live with Lou, same difference. So Thrifty Rooter, they're good people. They're honest people. Uh, they wouldn't be in business this long and doing well if they weren't treating people right. So give them a shout. And um, it, it makes this week I heard my friend used him to pump pump a uh, a tank out, and they, he, they said, hey, we heard about it from Lou. 
and they said, man, the last three or four people I, I served the same, the people said the same thing. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I'm happy that it's working out that way. So uh, let's get on with the show, and then uh, I'm going to come back and give you a few more people that you can, uh, if you ever need anything, you can go to them. <clears throat> but I want to give them credit anyway because they help pay the bills that we have. I don't take a salary. I don't make any money, not a nickel on this. It costs me money to do it, so I feel good about that. I'm not complaining. I'm just kind of telling you how the economics work. So we have some expenses every year to to keep this thing rolling and uh, and these guys say hey we'll help we believe in that we're going to invest we're going to give something so we're going to help <coughs> so i've been having a discussion <clears throat> like on the, the show today you heard or will hear where uh the hospital is every time they make a move and put COVID on it, including the coroner, they're getting a, a spiff or a bonus. And the hospital's getting about a hundred thousand per COVID patient. And uh one of the things that's a mystery is that not only Regeneron, but there are some other businesses as well, pharmaceutical type companies that have come up with what we call mono monoclonal antibodies monoclonal antibodies and they give them to people before they're really sick and it helps their uh immune system get jacked up and fight uh whatever's going to ail them right it it beefs it's like supercharging your system getting you beefy right it's like taking a 90 pound weakling and giving him some good food and work regimen and all of a sudden he's got some he's got some He's ripped, right, from a 90-pound weakling. So this is ripping and, and getting your strengthening your immune system. So one of the things that's been a mystery to me and some of my doctor friends is how come the hospitals and the doctors aren't helping people get to the monoclonal antibodies. And, uh, and one of the reasons, it, recently Texas and I believe Florida filed a lawsuit with the Biden administration for blocking the monoclonal antibodies. Now, this makes sense if you believe the fact of what I've been saying is that the, the government, people behind this whole phenomenon that we've been facing with COVID really don't want you well, and and they want to scare the hell out of you. And then people that actually get sick, they want to get, they want them to die is what's going on. And the, everything that would cure them and minimize the discomfort of the illness and keep it even from people with comorbidities like cancer and diabetes and lung problem and all this stuff, even the things like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or budesonide and all these other things that could help them, they're telling you that they're nonsense and they're, they're uh, witch doctor medicine and all that kind of stuff. And so they're doing the same thing with monoclonal antibodies. Now, I want to tell you, and I'll probably finish this section on this note, this is what's wrong with centrally managed government. So with the government recently, there's been states complaining we can't get monoclonal antibodies and other states saying we have too many. Do you know what the reason is? Because it's not free enterprise or capitalism where these these companies can sell directly to the the end users like the hospitals and the doctors. It's all being managed by a central government that's called communism and it doesn't work. And I'll give you an example from Vietnam. I was driving in a van with some Vietnamese and some Americans. And, and, uh, this one woman said, I'll tell you what communism's like. 
She said when the communists first took over, they centrally controlled everything. And I'll give you a simple example. So we were on our way. I forget where we were. Anyway, she said, I want you. We live in Hanoi, she said. And and Hanoi is the capital of Vietnam. Big city. And she said, if you were a, a, a resident of Hanoi and you had a motor scooter. They drive scooters over there, not motorcycles, but motor bike, call them motor bikes. <clears throat> if you had a motorbike. And you went from Hanoi to Halon Bay, which is a very beautiful bay that many people go to. It's a couple-hour drive from Hanoi to Halon Bay. And you were over there in Halon Bay doing business, and your tire blew out. You would not be allowed to get your tire fixed in Halon Bay, but you would have to bring the entire motorbike back to to Hanoi because that's where your motorbike supplies we're, we're allotted. You're a Hanoi resident, so they would never imagine that you're in another city with your motorbike. So that means you had to go all the way back with a broken motorbike and get it fixed in, in Hanoi. Now you think, well, that's just stupid. Yeah, but that's how stupid. Now, if, when you see things like supply chain breakdowns, lack of products, and right now we have monoclonal antibodies that have been fantastically invented and are really helping people that there's all kinds of misinformation being delivered. Like one Adventist doctor told a friend of mine, a listener of this show, that you can't get, she wanted the man, she's 84. She said, I want those antibodies to beef up my system so I don't get sick. He said, you can't take them until you really get sick at the end when you can't breathe. Then we give them to you. That's exactly the opposite. That's what they call malpractice. So then she called up to, She's called Oroville Hospital. She didn't even try Adventist locally. They're they're ridiculous. So she called Feather River Hospital. She called the Gridley Hospital, which I think now is called the Orchard Hospital. And they said, well, you gotta you gotta have a positive COVID test to get the monoclonal antibodies. <clears throat> you know, it's just the whole thing is just pure chaos. You know why it's pure chaos? Because the government is managing medicine. If the government managed all the bread in the country. Your, short, your shelves would be empty or they'd have two two types of bread. The next time you go to the grocery store, count how many brands and flavors of bread there are. That's America, people. Go to the cheese section and count how many different flavors and types of cheeses. If you go, when I went to Russia, they had one bread. That was all they had. You either take it or you leave. Anything, oh, that's the type we have. You You want it? You pay in advance and they bring it out. You don't get to go shop in the store. You stand in line. Listen, people, that's what's going on with our medical right now. People are, you know how many calls? I feel like a drug dealer. I get calls every week. Lou, how can I get some ivermectin? Where can I get some hydroxychloroquine? What What were the things you can take, right? I mean, I used to deal drugs, right? I'm used to this. I know how to do it, right? I know how to beat the system. What I'm saying to you is the government is creating a a communist medical system and it's destroying the medical system. And Peter McCullough, one of the top medical guys in the country, said at least a half a million people, Americans, not world people, not people from all over the world. Americans, half a million, that's 500,000 for those that took the latest math at Marysville High School, have died because of the they could have been saved. Isn't that amazing? Okay, have you ever thought about, you ever really been bummed that somebody died 
and then realize they could have been saved. There's no reason for it. That's what's going on in this country. We'll be right back. Um, I have a question about patient engagement, and you had touched on this before. Um, all of these advances are amazing, but even if you make the greatest drug or the greatest wearable, there's no guarantee that the patient is going to take the drug or <coughs> wear the device. So how are you thinking about technology to engage the patient? Yeah. Again, maybe I will use an example. I think uh, it's fascinating what's happening in this field right now. I mean, FDA approved the first uh, electronic pill, if I can call it like that. So it is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance. Uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. But of course, there will yep. be an initial cost that someone needs to invest. So here's an interesting story. For two years, we've talked about the numbers. What are the numbers? Turns out we don't really know what the numbers are because there's too much lying about the numbers. This show has obtained a December 2020 email chain between senior CDC officials, Trey Moeller, Donald Trump appointee, was CDC's deputy chief of staff at the time. Email top officials to ask why COVID was listed as a cause of death for nearly 30,000 cases of sepsis, 784 HIV cases, many drug overdoses, and somebody struck by lightning. Those didn't seem like COVID deaths to him. But the officials defended the policy of marking these deaths as COVID deaths, even though that didn't make sense. Bob Anderson, head of the CDC's mortality statistics branch, responded this way. In many cases, these comorbidities would not be fatal on their own. Oh, the lightning strike, for example, right? Now, over a year later, with Trump safely out of office, the CDC is publicly acknowledging, yeah, they lied. I want to ask you about those encouraging headlines that we're talking about this morning, this new study showing just how well vaccines are working to prevent severe illness. Given that, is it time to start rethinking how we're living with this virus, that it's potentially here to stay? The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. And it's not just the feds. In the state of New York, the governor is acknowledging that nearly half, nearly half of the state's hospitalized COVID patients were actually admitted for reasons that had nothing to do with COVID. Looking at just uh, on the 4th of January, we realized that 39% of the people are hospitalized with non-COVID related reasons. And checking in yesterday's number, that number was actually 42%. Now that is our statewide average. But it's important to also look at the variations in our different parts of the state. The most number of people admitted for non-COVID reasons as of just yesterday, or a couple days ago, are in New York City. Uh, it's about 50-50, 50-50. So half of the hospitalizations in New York City are someone who needs to be there because of their COVID, severity of their COVID situation. 
and the other half are there for other reasons. The other half are there for other reasons? It's been two years. This is not some esoteric number. This is not a footnote in a study. These are the hospitalization numbers. These are the most basic numbers that we have, the ones we talk about every day, the ones upon which all COVID policy is based. And it turns out they're completely wrong, completely wrong. Liars. Dr. Scott Atlas is a former coronavirus advisor in the Trump White House. He's the author of A Plague Upon Our House, an amazing book on his experiences. He joins us tonight. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on. You were famously, we've had this conversation a number of times, stunned by how political the process was when you got a look at it firsthand. But even as cynical as you became from that experience, are you a little shocked to find out that half the hospitalizations in New York were not actually from COVID? Well, uh, no, because I knew that then. This is not news. This is just newly revealed. I tried, this is a continuation of the denial of science and the facts, the basic facts about COVID. We've already seen almost a year ago, even the medical literature, Stanford Pediatrics uh, published a paper showing that more than half of pediatric hospitalizations for COVID had zero symptoms of COVID, zero. This is in the medical literature. This is in the medical literature throughout the spring of 2021, except while I was in the White House in the summer, late summer, early fall 2020, we knew this because we were defining COVID differently on the basis of simply a positive test. And so there was a complicated system of reimbursements and other incentives, and these people were called COVID hospitalizations. When you have zero, hospitaliz uh, zero symptoms of a disease, that's not the reason, obviously, for being hospitalized. You just happen to be test positive. You know, this is always, again, a remembrance for me of how it was there. When I was talking about the risk factors to the task force, the people in the task force didn't understand, didn't know, or simply denied the facts. We know now it's two thirds of deaths of Americans from COVID are people with six or more comorbidities. Yet the message was out there that anybody with hypertension, high blood pressure, was at high risk for COVID. That was false. We knew that. I showed the papers to the people on the task force back in the summer of 2020. By the way, they didn't just deny it or didn't know it. They simply said I was an outlier and kept repeating misinformation. So we have to remember these people were not only, as you say, uh, incompetent. I was stunned. There was a moral bankruptcy, a complete failure of public health leadership, which continues today because these people don't take it upon themselves to know the data and to say it truthfully. So instead, they have inculcated this culture of severe fear. Uh, and, you know, you, you should read about uh, this in my book. But basically, this was an intentional inculcation of fear in the American public. It was admitted to me in the task force room itself. This is really, uh, this can never happen again. We cannot have public bureaucrats, public health bureaucrats be in charge and be deemed experts. The American people now are in a position where we have to know the data ourselves, figure out who's speaking truthfully on the basis of their consistency and showing facts, and then rely on them. We can never trust these kind of bureaucrats and people with credentials, again, simply based on their credentials alone. Greatest crime in American history, nothing comes close. And it, it, one correction, they didn't just describe you as an outlier, they tried to destroy your life for telling the truth. I watched it happen. So thank you for standing firm. Dr. Scott Atlas for yeah, us. But, thank yeah, but yeah, just want to say, 
I just wanted to have a shout out to my friend and colleague Johnny Anides at Stanford, who yeah. kept reassuring me during that time, Scott, the truth will prevail. Everything you're saying is exactly right. And hopefully we're starting to see that now with these admissions about hospitalizations and deaths being miscategorized. I hope thank so. You. No one else said it. Scott Atlas, thank you. And if you never hear from me, All right, so there's, it's an article, it's a whole article on monoclonal antibodies. It's just a, it's a complete tragedy. Uh, so the HHS, Department of Health and Human Services, is delivering. They're getting all the doses given to them, to the government. Then they turn around, and can you imagine delivering them out to all the pharmacies or the hospitals where they have to, where they have to inject you? You, you got to get the deal at the hospital, I guess. So the Biden administration says secure 600 more doses of such and such. Uh, and then purchase, they'd purchase globally to roughly one. It, it just doesn't make any. It, why is the Biden administration even buying all this stuff? Why don't they just let Regeneron and all these other companies sell directly to the hospitals and the doctors and who's ever going to do this? It's so ridiculous. Biden, all these people, Fauci, they don't treat, they've never treated any Deborah Burks, the new CDC director, the old, the Redfield, the old CDC director. None of those people ever worked with patients. What are they, even our gal, this Dr. Mingla Lu, Fong Lu, she's never worked with a patient. What do we even got these people running our medical for? They're just bureaucrats that have been to doctor school or medical school. It says under the Biden administration's COVID-19 action plan, how ridiculous that they're even managing this. What a, what a shame, a fraud. They... I can't. Joe Biden doesn't even know where he takes a piss. The Biden administration monoclonal antibodies are listed as a life-saving treatment shown to reduce the risk of hospitalization up to 70 percent for unvaccinated people at risk of developing severe disease. And we can't deliver. You know why we can't deliver it? The communists can't deliver it either because that's the way they run their operation. We they're they have to have their hands around the throat of everything. They screw up everything. Why the government is controlling, you know, the government bought up, uh, what are they, what else? They, they bought up all the remdesivir and they distributed all the remdesivir. You know, then they turn around and they lie to us and say, hydroxychloroquine is no good. And at Beale Air Force Base, which is five miles from where I'm sitting right now, <coughs> I know that they got stockpiled because my friends saw it. They've got stockpiled hydroxychloroquine and mefloquine at Beale Air Force Base. Why? Do you think they're going to throw it out out there? Do you know that all these met drugs have an expiration date? I was looking the other day. Everything has expiration dates, right? Best used by dates, right? And so eventually drugs, I guess after a period of time, lose their potency, right? So they got all this hydroxychloroquine while telling us locally pharmacists here. A lot of pharmacists don't can't carry it or won't carry it or they can't get it or and 
it's like I took hydroxychloroquine in the early 90s going to India and Africa as, as a prophylactic for malaria. Please don't, you know what I mean? People that buy this stuff, buy the, the lies. I was going to play an 11-minute clip that's an amazing clip uh, that my friend sent me from Missouri on the history of ivermectin that is so awesome. It's like a full-length movie, but it's 11 minutes. It's so inspiring on how they discovered ivermectin in Japan. And uh, I'm a, I think I'm going to play it next week. It is, I loved it. And I think you'll love it too. It shows the brilliance of, of human beings coming up and finding answers to things that have tortured people, illnesses that have really tortured people, blindness and all kinds of things that they've been able to s- stop with ivermectin <clears throat> and suffering among animals. Just very inspiring but to have the Biden administration and the media mock ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and bedesonide and all these other things and uh, is 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 not only despicable, but it's just downright evil. It's just downright evil. There's something deep down wrong, and it's demonic. So now that, you know, early on I was talking about the fact, let's see, one, two, let me check where we're going here. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, I need, well, I need to pay attention to my time. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about sexually transmitted, now they call them STIs, sexually transmitted infections, as opposed to STDs, diseases. Okay, that's the common terms now. So I've been saying all along, because I knew doctors had called the health department in Yuba Sutter, and the health employees told them when they when they had syphilis cases because there's a big outbreak of syphilis and uh, in this area and across the United States and we almost had it and it completely eradicated. I don't have time to go into the origins or why it's flaring up again, but uh, it has to do with homosexual men. How about that? So, uh, <clears throat> so anyway, I was talking to my uh, friends in the medical business, and they were saying they they were running into a lot, a lot of syphilis and, uh, and the normal deal is they do a test and they, then they treat it and it's very, it's very treatable, but it's very serious syphilis, but there's all, there's other uh, diseases or infections that are also bad. But, uh, anyway, so let's just talk about syphilis. They treat syphilis and then they would call the, the standard operating procedure was you then call the health department and then they would interview the, the uh, uh, the patient and say, hey, we really want to, if whoever you've been having sexual relations with, we really want to talk to that person and see if they would be willing to come in for treatment as well because we don't want them to be sick. So that person then would volunteer whoever they'd been in partnership with, even if it was multiple partners, and uh, then they would do an anonymous check with them saying, hey, w- it was reported that maybe – you had relations and uh there's a soft sell right but if you wouldn't mind we'd just like to test you and if you turn up positive we could fix you you know and you know i'd say most people would be wanting to do that so that was the that was the approach for years and years and years and years and and in the united states they were able to eradicate almost totally eradicate syphilis from and and syphilis is one of the more gnarly stis and and it causes mental illness. It causes uh, 
uh, the un- inability to reproduce. It, if, if you get pregnant and you have syphilis, it can kill the child, cause the child to be severely, dis- severely deformed. <clears throat> and so, so now I've been saying all along from the beginning of COVID, because I knew that the doctors were calling the health department in Yuba Sutter and the, and the health department was saying, we don't have time to follow up on your syphilis patients, Buster, because we got more important things to do. It's called COVID. That's not not doing anything to people 99.7% of the time besides gifts, giving them a headache, snotty nose, cough, that makes you feel like a Mack truck hit you, but you survive. Syphilis kills you and it kills babies, right? And it infects all kinds of other people a lot easier than COVID does. So let me just give you some. The rates of congenital syphilis, which babies contract from their mothers, that's, that's, that's the type of syphilis that the baby gets from mom, right? It's up 279% from 2015 to 2019 in just four years. <coughs> and it's up 232% in California. Nationals 279, California's 232 of the 445 cases of congenital syphilis in California, that's when the baby gets it from the mom while it's in the womb. Of the 445 cases of syphilis congenital in California in 2019, 37 were stillbirths. Now, right now, we're encouraging women to take the jab, and you know what's happening? They're having stillbirths. Do you think... Do you think there's any uproar about that at the, at the Board of Supervisors meeting? you think there's any uproar about that, uh, that, that we're having all these stillbirths uh, from uh, congenital syphilis at the supervisors meeting? Do you think there's any uproar about syphilis not being tracked and traced and multiple partners being treated among the supervisors and instead running around swabbing people's noses for the common cold? You know, people, when supervisors that are getting paid $90,000 a year in Yuba County can't sort out the most important thing to do. Let's see. Should we cut the celery or should we stop the toilet from overflowing? That's a hard decision. Let's see. I don't know. Let's let's draw straws on that. Let's say, oh, there's poop in the water and it's coming over the toilet. Oh, let's cut the celery up first. Oh, yeah. Should we start the car or should we have should we remove the kid that's crawling underneath the tire? Which which should we do first? All right, let's just back out and then he'll get out, I'm sure. Right? That's the kind of really stupid decision the supervisors are making. They're making really bad decisions on people's well being. They're spending millions of dollars to trace, send people to trace the common cold, right? While syphilis and now, oh, now, now the uh, Dr. Death is saying, oh, yeah, you know, we really get to need to focus on gonorrhea and all this. Oh, really? Did the light just turn on there for you there, honey? You just you just have a revelation. Did you wake up in the middle of the night? Some, you know, some demon talking to you in Vietnamese uh, explaining you've been dropping the ball on syphilis and uh, gonorrhea and chlamydia and all the rest of them. So, uh, you know, we have a uh, we have a major problem in the country. And, and you know, this article uh, written 
on California Healthline, called the California Healthline, saying we have just ignored sexually transmitted infections while we chased the common cold. Where's the priority? Let's see, should we jump in and get the kid out of the pool? Or should we make coffee first? Oh, let's make coffee first. And he'll do all right. We'll get him in a minute. We'll get him in a minute. The kid out of the pool? Or let's make coffee. Oh, is it a Keurig? Yeah, let's use the Keurig thing. Yeah, it only takes a second, then we'll go get the kid. That's that's bad judgment, people. That's not critical thinking, people. We got $300,000 for paying a gal that drives 90 minutes to get here, and then we pay her extra if she has to spend the night, right? Most, most employees spend the night and pay for it themselves. A survey of public health programs across the country since May 2020, the National Coalition of STD Directors, they had, it's so old they haven't even changed the name of it. It's not politically correct to call it a disease anymore. It's an infection. That's less dangerous. They they interviewed all this coalition of directors. Up to 78% in one survey have diverted some of the STI workforce to test and monitor COVID. Now, does that make any sense to you? Does that make any sense to you? Should we deal with the gunshot wound or should we deal with the, the broken ankle? I don't know. Let's might the kid looks like he's in a lot of pain. Let's, let's just set his ankle first. Then we'll do, deal with the gunshot wound. A report that accompanied the most recent survey found that some STIs were completely unchecked due to the reductions in the clinic hours Remember, oh, what do you mean? Reduction. They just shut the clinics, don't you remember? You couldn't go to the clinics. How many how many cancer uh, screenings did we miss last year, uh, according to McCullough? Was it 650,000 <clears throat> people that had cancer? They needed to, they, they, they skipped coming in to get their treatments because of fear and because it was difficult getting getting their schedule. You know, you know what COVID's like, folks? It's taking a hand grenade and blo- throwing it in your house to kill a mouse, destroying the whole house. That's what's going on in America right now. What's going on right here? This is called mental illness. <clears throat> this is called running the country with people that are retarded, mentally ill. When you have 78% said they diverted some of the STI workers, right? These are workers that just work on sexually transmitted diseases, far more serious than COVID, folks. You let that go, 99.7% do not go on a, you know, get over it. You don't get chlamydia and you don't get gonorrhea and you don't get some of these other things and syphilis and get over it without medication. You got a big problem and you're going to spread it all over the place. That is not COVID, people. They took 78% admitted pulling the workforce off to monitor COVID. Really? What are we monitoring? We're giving statistics (coughs) towards people with a big agenda. It's ridiculous, people. We're coming uh, coming to... um, Are we coming to an end, or I... Yeah, we are. We're coming to the end. 
I need to, uh, want to, and need to, because I haven't got to it yet, is give a shout-out to uh, a couple more of our sponsors, and then we're going to land the plane here, and that is uh, the Plumbing Doctor, which is my friend Ted Holmes at 530-671-9111. They got a number of trucks ready to roll out and meet your needs seven days a week, 24 hours a day. They prefer to work normal hours, but they are in the business of, keeping the water running the right direction. So if you want help, uh, they'll help you. <clears throat> Both Plumbing Doctor and Thrifty Rooter are looking for workers, so if you want to go into plumbing business, you can hit them up for plumbing as well. Greenest Construction, my my friends that are knocking kitchen after kitchen out every, every week or two, they're shooting a new kitchen out on Facebook saying, check this one out, check this one out, check this one out. This was a hard one. We had to do this. We had to do that. I get a kick out of just checking them out. They're beautiful, so I'm going to give you an opportunity to go see what I'm seeing, and that's if you go to Greenets, G, Green with E-T-Z on the end, GreenetsConstruction.com, or you can go to Dave Greenets Construction Facebook page and check out the before and afters. If you don't like it, pick somebody else. I'm telling you, you're going to miss, but you can pick somebody else. Those pictures are pretty cool. And uh, somebody told me the other day, they called Dave, and boom, he was right over there, just came right over there and in saw what they had what they needed to get worked on he's fast so uh anyways his number is 530-682-9602 plumbing doctors 530-671-9111 so you can text dave greenitz at 682-9602 i text him that way or he'll if you call him he's probably going to answer the phone get your get your powder dry also finally elite universal security monty hecker and crew out here, they're based in Yuba County, but they serve Northern California, and uh, they they serve everybody. They serve residences, they serve businesses, they serve the government. They do all kinds of um, evaluations, strategies, uh, patrols, guards, security, everything. They do it all. So, Elite Universal Security, you can reach them at, and they're also looking for workers. 530-749-02880. They got all kinds of people. They got guards. They got mechanics. They got bookkeepers. They got dispatchers. They got they hire all kinds of people. So I give you two websites for them, and you, you could check them out because one shows all their classes, and, and one has a lot of their people. They're, they're, hey, we're hiring over in Butte County. We're hiring over in this county. So check it out. You may not be in Yuba County where I'm sitting tonight, but you don't need to be in Yuba County. You could be in another county and work for this firm that's based here. So uh, EliteUniversalSecurity.com is one website, and their other kind of their uh, schooling website is API-Academy.com, API-Academy. And if you need a uh, concealed weapons permit, if you need to learn how to use your taser, you got a taser for Christmas, <clears throat> if you uh, got some of those sprays, some of you ladies maybe got got some gifts, protection sprays, defensive type sprays. Uh, they could help you understand how to use those properly. They got classes on that. Uh, they have, they do the in, cl in in class training as well as the the range. They have their own range, your shooting range. So they got the whole thing going. If you got a gun for Christmas. And you can sign up there, and, and uh, they will teach you how to properly uh, manage that gun, use that gun, store that gun, shoot that gun, the whole thing. 
and pass all the tests to comply with uh, the county here, or each county. Yuba, they serve both Yuba and Sutter counties, or any county, really. So uh, anyway, that's that's them, and that's the crew that's been helping us here. If, uh, you know, it, I'm not beating the bushes for help, but uh, if if you want me to promote what you're doing, and you want to help us some, we, we can work out an agreement. You can reach me at 530-713-1838. I'm easy. I'm at the end of my life. I'm not going to do any drama. And um, I just, you know, if I can help people, I will. If I can't, I won't. And I won't take your money if I can't help you. So, uh, but I'm not into, I don't need money right now. I'm just using money to keep uh, this project going podcast and f- trying to fight these uh, criminals that are taking over our country so uh i think that's it for this week and we'll we'll catch you uh next week lord willing and uh, do something good and and uh, stand up for right this week okay god bless you i see trees of green red roses too the dark sacred night and I think to myself